Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday, September the 24th, 2021. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, I have my man, the big sexy Ben Novak in the house, talking to all of you guys. But before we kick into that... Quick housekeeping things. Uh, reminder, our 28-day fasting for fat loss program is kicking off here in eight days and about five hours. We actually start the program, I believe, on October the 4th, which is a Monday, but we'll close down registration on that Saturday. So if you guys want to check it out, uh, obviously it's 28 days. The fitness programming comes for you guys. We walk you through multiple fasting protocols. Uh, it doesn't mean you're going to fast for all 28 days. You actually eat food every day if that's one of the protocols you guys pick. But we just we break it down in simple terms and try to coach you through it. Obviously, the basis is always real food, but we do dive into what may work for your lifestyle depending on what your eating issues may be and if you're looking to kind of clean things up or just try something with the guidance of us here. So again, the site is jeremyscottfitness.com slash intermittent-fasting. We'll give you guys a little podcast discount code if you want to check it out. Uh, the link's in our Instagram bio. If you have questions, just hit us up. But you have eight days from today to get down with that. And also, this podcast is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. You guys already know it's the one thing I take every single day. If you're somebody who struggles with eating enough vegetables, well, let's be real, all of us do, this would be the thing I would throw into your life. And if you want to check it out now, we'll give you a year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. The site is athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott to get hooked up with all the free stuff. We're talking about 75 whole food ingredients. This is like the 54th version of greens, so it is the best tasting by far. They throw probiotics in there, digestive enzymes in there. If you're taking 14 different pills, you can trash those and just take this and you'll probably be fine. Obviously, you have to eat real food. You can't just eat Sour Patch Kids and take this. It won't do you much good. And honestly, we've all drinking much worse shit. I've, you know, one time slammed two or three mind erasers at one o'clock in the morning, and that was a terrible decision and it tasted like ass. This actually tastes good and it is good for you. But if you've heard me talk about this a million times and you're still not sure, hit me up. I don't care if it's on Instagram, YouTube, the contact page of the website, Facebook, wherever. Monica will send you a free pack right to your front door. I don't care what state, country, providence you live in, if you're under a rock, but the post office knows where you are. We will get you a pack to try. You'll understand that I'm not full of shit. You're like, wow, it actually tastes good. And then you get hooked up with all the free stuff. So again, the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott, and you guys can get hooked up today or hit us up for the free sample. Man, it's always a mouthful. Uh, So I have my man here, Ben Novak in the house. He is the founder and owner of Spire Health Club, If I go quick credentials, which for a lot of you guys, you wouldn't understand this, high school and college strength and conditioning coach. He has a million certifications through ISSA, FMS, USAW, Precision Nutrition, not just the fitness aspect of it, but the nutrition aspect of it as well, and a bunch of other ones with really fancy acronyms that you guys don't understand. But he's done the book work, and he's been coaching for a long time. Uh, I've known him for well over a decade now, and... Here he is. Hey, what's up, man? It's good to be here. Yes, sir. So for these guys uh, who don't know you, first of all, we're going to put a picture on Instagram later. He, and I'm going to try to do it sitting on the assault bikes, hopefully, uh, (laughs) because he's 6'9", 
and I am not 6'9", and then people will think I'm like 5'7", but he's a big dude. Uh, but that aside, what is what is Spire Health Club? It's You guys run a gym, but what exactly do you do, and what how is it different from the big box places or things, the other things that are out there, the CrossFits, the Orange Theories, and all that? For sure. Uh, Spire, you know, started six years ago, um, obviously through an evolution of hanging out with you for a couple of years, which we'll probably uh, dig into a little bit. And then, um, so Spire is just a small group training uh, as well as uh, personal training. And what makes us kind of different is, is we take a super individualized approach to uh, each and every person. So rather than just kind of like, here's your, you know, cookie cutter program that you would see at some of these other places. Um, we try to break everybody down with a really in-depth assessment assessment. And you talked about some of that goofy stuff that we've gone through. I actually have a whole bunch of guys that work with me with even more, uh, training and background on some really, really nerdy stuff. And so we look through that and try to break it down and make it as simple, um, and awesome for people as possible. And then we also do a corporate stuff and, um, Jay's got an opportunity to go with and travel and do some stuff with me corporately. Um, we get to go on the road. Obviously, the last couple of years have uh, took a <laughs> it's been the worst. <laughs> took a little break from worst. that, uh, but we get to go talk to some companies, you know, like Price Waterhouse and a couple other companies, and just kind of break down what we think is the most important uh, aspects of health and wellness for people. Um, because as we know, like not everybody spends all day in the gym carrying Tupperware around and like their whole life fit, uh, centers around fitness. Um, but people also understand that, you know, fitness is an important com- uh, component to be able to, you know, make their life better. So it's like, what can we give them the smallest effective dose to change their life? So and, we get a chance to do that. And you guys have, what do you have, six coaches, seven coaches? Seven coaches now that work with us. Yeah, in our little Cracker Jack box. Um, but yeah, no, it's awesome. That's crazy that you have that many people. Yeah. And so a majority of the business is the PT stuff is bigger than the groups? PT stuff has just got bigger than the group. We get um, just because of like, you, as you were saying, some of these companies are out there. We get a lot of people that, that dude, I got fucked up doing this or messed up here. Like, how do I lift heavy or, or do the things that I want to do without getting hurt? Um, and so we take the time to really work with them. So all of our coaches are, you know, got a whole bunch of, you know, masters in exercise science and all these guys who are just like so passionate about fitness and wellness that they'll really dig deep into like the individual person to break it down. So it's kind of transitioned. We were more group stuff and now it's a little bit more, I'd say probably like 65, 75% personal training and then 30, 35% class. And so you just slot those guys in basically from morning till night. Exactly. Yeah. So we're, I mean, just like you dude, we're, we're there in the morning from, you know, five thirty in the morning, five o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock at night. And you guys do a bunch of nutrition stuff with these guys too. Yeah. So we will give everybody the, the basic sort of rundown because I mean, you know, we were just talking about this, Jay, like there's so many intricate things that we can do for, for nutrition for people. Um, but a lot of people, if we can just get them on the basic consistent, you know, eating real food and, and just kind of like taking care of themselves, sleep, lower their stress a tiny bit, that kind of stuff. So we break down those basic things for them. And then if people want to go more in depth, we definitely do that. We'll go, you know, the full breakdown uh, of whatever nutrition that they need. And who's like the, your avatar, like the average client you guys work with? So right now I would say that our personal training is going to be successful uh, business people who 
make uh, mo- make money. <laughs> yeah, that are going to be like very successful in one component of their life. So they're out there just crushing it in the world, whether their family and their business or whatever else. But they're the one aspect that's probably struggling is going to be their health and wellness. And as we know, we, we you know <laughs> you work your whole life and then you start paying that back if you're not taking care of it. So we try to that that's the main person that we're working with is going to be the successful business person. Uh, but I mean of the whole the whole gamut of people. Um, but in general, I would say, you know, if we had to say like our avatar of person is probably like a 40 to 55 year old person. And now obviously we have people, kids that come to our gym and we have people all the way at our oldest person's like 87. No shit. Uh, yeah. I think exactly. ours is like 74 here. Yeah. Yeah, Arlene comes in, just freaking owns the gym, walks in there, and just <laughs> everybody gets a fist bump, and she's walking around just taking care of business. So, yeah, it's a wide gamut, but I'd say most of the people are going to be, you know, people that are working in business and really got that locked in, and then kind of working on the fitness side of it. And they're there typically like two, three times a week? Two to three times a week. We we really think of ourselves as like the, the building block or the, like the foundation. We're definitely, I don't think that you need to come to us every day. I know there's some gyms like come every single day and this is what you need to do. That's not what we're trying to be. We're, we're like come in two to three days a week, get the foundational strength stuff done and then move your ass on the other day. But we, we sit down and talk with every single person on what they're going to do outside the gym. Cause I mean, we don't, we, we take the notion that we don't trust anybody. Right. So it's like, you know, what else are you going to get done? And then kind of keep taking a chance to keep people accountable. But are you going to swim? Are you going to do yoga? Are you going to go for a hike? Are you going to, you know, whatever the hell you want to do, but just need to make sure that we're active every single day. I know that's something that you preach a lot. It's just like move every single day. And then the strength component, we just try to really lock that in well, and the mobility as well. Well, cause typically like you're going to, they're going to do shit with you guys. They don't want to do exactly like who wants to push a sled or like <laughs> ski for time or ride an assault bike. This it's terrible. Yeah. And then if you can have fun, if you do like to do yoga or ride a bike, whatever, like that's, Probably the biggest thing is if you, if it can be, and again, these people are successful. They don't have seven hours a week to work out and they don't need seven hours, mm-hmm. but if they can enjoy it, at least with you or hate it with you, at least in the context, and then do something else like that's a good balance for the average person. Well, and we're trying to not, we want to get the biggest bang for the buck. Just like I was telling you for the corporate stuff, like we're literally going in to try to give people the most effective dose. What we know, it's always changing, evolving. I mean, shit, from 12 years ago, what we were teaching to now, it's always changing, evolving, getting better and more efficient. So we're trying to give people like the most effective dose of that whatever three hours a week that we get to see them to give them that terrible stuff, obviously, that's not hurting them, beating them up, but also pushing them past that comfort zone for sure. So if for everybody who's listening, especially if there's a lot of fitness people who listen to this, what was the original plan like for during college or like right after college, like the prior careers, like was where you're like, you know what, I'm going to college and I'm going to be in fitness and I'm going to retire as a fitness person. <laughs> Nobody that, fucking says that. That was not. Nobody. That was not the goal. Well, dude, I mean, and now, I mean, as I just got called sir like twelve times today, um, start, we're starting to be like the older guys in the industry. Even though I don't think I'm that old at all, um, I, I think in the beginning it was all hoop. You know, like I played high school basketball. I was the, the good enough to get full ride for basketball, and then I. But when I was eight years old, it wasn't that I wanted to be uh, in the NBA, and I was definitely figured that out by eighth grade that that wasn't going to happen and uh but i think mine was like sixth grade <laughs> right i'm like i'm gonna be jordan and then you see a kid and i'm what am i in sixth grade 12 or some shit and you see a kid like dunking it and you're like okay well i can't do that 
And it's going to be like five more years until maybe I can. So yeah, this is not for me. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. So I wanted to be, I wanted to be a college basketball coach for the whole time or, or even beyond that. And, uh, so I was, I was completely obsessed with that. The X's and O's, the back end of everything. Um, so played college basketball and after college basketball really got into the health, nutrition, the strength, but I still had that dream of being like, uh, I want to be a college coach, did it for two years. And then I realized this is not what I want to do whatsoever. And I have friends that are, you know, coaches in the NBA and whatever. And, and you did it too, right? For you did it for a year, right? Yeah. It's, I would say this to people. It's fun. It's if I wasn't doing this, I think that's what I would do mm -hmm. because I do still love, it's like, you're still part of the team. Even though, and as you get older, I'm sure it gets weirder and weirder. Because when we're doing it, we're so close to their age, so it's kind of like you're still, yep. Like in the, in the community, part of it is, is similar to what we run at our gyms, the camaraderie, that stuff. I do think is cool. Uh, I do love sports, the competitiveness of it. You can push yourself. There's a lot of lessons you learn in sports you don't get in a lot of other things in life. The one thing that did suck shit, in my opinion, the lifestyle is you're not healthy. Um, you can be for sure, but you have to be so diligent. Like I remember, and I always tell a story, like I went on a recruiting trip to like Murdo fucking South Dakota, which is like, you're watching this shit game. No offense to anybody from uh -huh. Murdo, South Dakota. And there's maybe one kid who can play. Everybody else is a stiff. And I'm there with like one of the other assistants and he's stopping at like, you know, whatever the gas station is, the come and go or circle K. And he gets like a Mountain Dew, a little Debbie cream pie and some Doritos. And this is like the fucking diet you're on. And the schedule's erratic. Like you have to be a nomad and be willing to like work in these shit towns mm -hmm. for a long time. If you ever even make it and for not a lot of money, you have to really love it. And I'm like, that just doesn't seem like something that's sustainable for my life long-term yeah for sure the same story i was in tennessee a little tiny school we're in little towns like drinking sweet tea gaining weight like just it was it was awful i remember going to a little tiny town just like almost having a breakdown I'm like this is not what i want to do and i remember the next year they offered me a job it's like congratulations ben we have full-time job twenty-two thousand dollars a year and i was like all right, I'm eating at the cafe. It's like stealing food from the cafeteria and filling my cup up as I as I leave to go to my little tiny apartment and go out. Anyways, like it, it is a grind, and you can make it. That it's just the X's and O's, and like hanging out with the players, and like talking to people, and pushing, and that sort of stuff was awesome. Just the recruiting and being on the road and like having no 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 time for any sort of relationship. I mean, as owning our own business, we barely have enough time to like you know, now, you know, getting more and more, but in, especially the beginning it was like no freaking time. I mean, you've talked about this with Heather or whatever. It's like, Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> if you, if you're going to marry somebody or be part, if you're like a coach's wife, as they call it, or if you're an entrepreneur's wife or a business owner's wife, it's a, it's a certain prison sentence that they sign up for. And I don't mean it like it's not as bad as prison, obviously, but like you're kind of trapped and you, they're along for the ride and it's really hard to meet. I would kind of imagine meeting somebody new, trying to talk them into like what the fuck I do and like my crazy ass schedule in life would be, it's a hard sell. Yeah, for sure. So you just, you just have to be like, that's the only thing you want in life. I mean, you have to have the, the freaking blinders on and just be like, this is all I want is hoop. And I just, it just wasn't kind of the stuff that I wanted to do anymore. And so I, I kind of was like, you know, it, it's time for me to move on. And I'm, and I enjoyed it for the two years and I'm just kind of like, let's just move on. And that freaking took me overseas. Um, so 2009 though, I, I looked at opening, I don't know if I even told you this, but there's a fit wise for kids. I don't even know if they're around anymore. It's like 
curves for little kids. And they okay. had hoist made their equipment and these these little tiny equipment that you went around. And I remember in the Bay Area and these two guys that were awesome and they were like, Hey Ben, come. We'll, you'll travel around, set these little gyms up. And I was like, this would be awesome because I always wanted to travel and do things. And that's the cool thing about hoop, right? Like we got to go see all these places because the way we grew up, it was like, we're staying home. Basketball were the only vacations <laughs> we had. It. That was it because we grew, both grew up on the other side of the track. So uh, when uh, it's it just, a, you know, it, it just kind of changed, you know, how we were going through things. So anyways, 2009, I, I looked at that. Everything started closing. I mean, for all the young guys on this that don't really, I mean, know oh. what happened in 2009. Like, everything closed down. Nobody had a job. No. People lost their three homes that they really couldn't afford anyway. Yeah. The world, 0708 was a shit show. Yeah. And well, because I, I, I think we were the first generation that had less, or, you know, in the last 100 years or whatever, that we were going to make less money than, like, the prior generation. It was, I don't know the exact numbers yeah, on it, but. They do say, like, the baby boomers had this, like, and I don't, if anybody's out there, I'm not trying to beg on you, but they had this scenario where it was set up for them to be fucking awesome, where they were like the last like pension kind of generation and the home, everything was just the scale had not changed the way it is now. Mm-hmm. And I even say it for me, if I didn't, wasn't born on this life cycle, I don't, I couldn't do the same things I've done today, like buying the properties I've bought and mm-hmm. just kind of got lucky when, even when we got into fitness, like it's, it is definitely different than it was the generation before. Yeah, so so different. So then the me being the so I, I, that stuff kind of everything hit pause, and so um, as I mean, most people on here obviously don't know who I am, but I, I'm kind of a into philosophy and stoicism and all kinds of other stuff. And I was reading all kinds of books and watching Anthony Bourdain, and I ended up heading off buying a one-way ticket to Vietnam. All my th- friends thought I was fucking insane. Uh, but got, went overseas and, and, but it changed my life. It was awesome. Got really cool, um, perspective on life and culture and all kinds of things. And you're teaching there. So I started by teaching. Yeah. I taught international business in, uh, uh, in a university there and then also worked in a prep school as well. So my, I have a master's degree in business and an MBA. So, uh, I was able to utilize that for a couple of years and, and then you, you and I kind of knew each other just through through mutual friends and then that's how you and I linked up was me trying to get back in shape there because it went from me being you know the strength coach and coaching basketball and fitness and being everything to me just like turning into hot garbage as far as uh, what, what my was, body what was like the heaviest oh geez dude. you're a big you're a big but dude I, though, you know anyway. I'm I'm six nine and I mean probably like. 330, 335, but, and, it, and it's all relative, right? So, so if I walked in a room and you saw me, you wouldn't say like biggest loser. Uh, but, no, no, no. But, no. but I mean, just so soft. I mean, dude, in high school, in my junior year, I couldn't do a push up. I mean, so like I was that soft. And then in college, I, you know, that's what led me into fitness because I was so passionate about getting into shape and losing. I mean, I lost 90 pounds my freshman year of college. So it was like this, this huge drive to kind of change, you know, the stuff that I was doing because it was just, terrible and I remember that's why you and I linked up because it was like hey Jay like I know a lot of stuff that I need to do but I need I need somebody on the other end of the line the accountability yeah exactly and so you and I would just you know wrap back and forth and at me at 6 a.m I remember talking to you at 6 a.m in the morning in Vietnam and it was what 6 p.m at night something like that yeah and sending you these paper logs of these of these before uh, my fitness pal <laughs> yeah before any of that shit Jesus. just logging writing this stuff out what 
13, 14 years ago uh, to get back in shape. But anyway, so that, that took me overseas. And, and I mean, I could talk about Vietnam for forever, but uh, it, it was amazing. Then moving back and, uh, you know, obviously our mutual friend Dave uh, came down here uh, to just kind of hang out. And then you and I became like lifting partners and then, and then ran into business. So that's kind of how it progressed into fitness. So if we ask like for the people who are listening, like when – did you know it was time to like open up your own like facility? And for the people just so we have background um, in, I'll get Dave on the podcast at some point when he's done drinking white claws and watching fucking soccer. <laughs> but so this a buddy of ours, uh, Dave Drees, who I've talked about on the podcast before uh, Dave and Ben worked with me to build this thing up when none of us knew what the hell we were doing. Like nothing like super, nothing. Just a bunch of three idiots, uh, basically. But we made it happen. And then eventually, Dave and Ben started a facility together. And then Dave keeps the facility, which he's now sold. But then Ben went to open up his own after that, which he's kind of been part of like three different, essentially like startup gyms and launches. Uh, I guess maybe not the right time, like when you knew, but for someone who's listening, like, what is your advice? They're like, you know what? I love fitness. I think I know what the hell I'm doing in terms of like, I'm a good coach. But the business part of it is different. Yeah, I was the only dumb one who started over three times. Uh, <laughs> so fucking hard to do. It's the, the beginning. I See, you have to love the, I mean, obviously people talk about the grind and whatever like that, but you have to love to build. Like the beginning is so hard. I, I mean, I was talking to one of our guys the other day and somebody just walked in the door and, and you the same thing, right? With some of your coaches who you work with and somebody walked through the door like, where's this person come from? You're like, well, I've been doing this for 12. Nobody came in the, fr- the, the door. Nobody came in the door. When we, you and I were working together, no. I remember walking down the street, like walking into grocery stores, wearing our shirts and being like, hey, what do you do to work out? Like old school, not Instagram or Facebook paid, paid ads or well, any of that kind of stuff. I try to tell these, the kids, especially the ones that have worked for me here and still do now where, and I'm not saying live on the internet. You know, you have to know where your audience is. I'm not, I'm not on TikTok. I, I feel like I'm too old for it. Maybe it will come back and I'll go on TikTok. I don't know. I know BJ goes hard on it. It's not my demo right now and it's not what I want to do. But there is something to be said where you can reach an audience that you could have never reached before. Mm-hmm. We would go, and this is how often, and I hate this kind of shit, like go to a business that's down, we're in the air park here in North Scottsdale. My old gym was two miles from where we're sitting right now. We'd walk into a business with like a flyer. Yep. Like, hey, we're a gym down the street. Come the in. lead box. Remember the lead boxes oh, we had? God. <laughs> it you looked guys, like an arts and craft project that was total yeah, bullshit. It's like a raffle, basically, yeah. where everybody wins because we want you to come in and train for free. It's <laughs> fucking awful. But we would hand a flyer to like whatever the business was. And I can promise you, as soon as we walked out the door, they threw that shit in the trash. Mm-hmm. And it never amounted to anything. So for the people who are listening, if you want to start a business or you want to, you know, build a brand or have a bigger reach. If you're not posting on these platforms, you need to be, because even if only 200 people see it, there was no fucking way when we started doing this in like 2010, like we could reach 200 people in a week, Mm -hmm. let alone in a single day. And you do have a power now you're, you're competing with everybody else as well, but we didn't have that. We were doing this like boots on the ground exactly shit. and it's guerrilla marketing kind it of stuff. sucks dude it was yeah so how how i knew um it took a while like i mean when you and i kind of worked on our stuff and, and grew everything here and we basically you know i i would say we had three chiefs you know going through the stuff you know and so it was like okay it's time to have you know cut things down and, and spread out because there was 
definitely Dave's super talented. Obviously, you completely, you know, killing it. And, you know, I was – so when we started the second one, it was kind of like, all right, let's start something else and so we can grow so we can take this, you know – we had what we went from our first year it was like 20 people when we 20 25 people when Dave so, and I came in so like 100 yeah to like 100 that year and then it was like okay well what's the next step or next evolution on it um anyway so for me um I just wanted to change uh, when Dave and I worked together and then the stuff that we did when we decided that I was like going to branch off into my own thing it took a while like I wanted to, you needed to be any here anyways you either have to have a presence on the internet or in the community and for me i had a i have a very small presence on the the internet but it's more so in the community like getting out and knowing everybody and then and building you know an in-person kind of a following so if somebody wants to start it on their own now um and just like you said like you either have to like build something up because i, I think we have this illusion that's like you're going to open the door and flick the lights on you have some dope turf on the ground and some whatever and if you don't know people or are or, or ingratiated in the community like that's great nobody's going to walk through the door so you know it was just a matter of me being like i had it i had built up a little bit of a, a community and then i was able to take that community with me to be able to, to start because you kind of knew like okay if i if we and again i'll ask this question too in the context of because now i understand it being an old man but when you do it, you're like, well, I know if I bounce, I'm going to have these many people probably follow me. And just because we are more analytical, you're like, I know I'm probably going to have some money mm-hmm. like coming in. Where if you're the kid who's 28, it's a different world, bro. Yeah. Especially if you don't have anything. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you can start. You can if you want to just jump and you got somebody. I just I mean, just like you and I, though, I mean, we had nothing. I mean. It's taken a long time for me to even change my perspective on money. And I know that you've talked about money on here and that sort of thing, but I was so terrified because just growing up with nothing, it was kind of like, okay, I got to fucking figure this out. Um, But as long as I had, uh, I had a small group of people that I had with me. And so I was like, I'm going to take this and then these people will evolve out and change it. Um, And I also think that I had a little bit different recipe, right? So like from all of us, you talked about Dave and me and you, we, Although we're, I think we're all really great at what we do, we all were just a little bit different in the way that we did it. For sure. And when you do, do that, it makes it, you're going to click with different people, right? Like not everybody clicks with everybody. So it's just a matter of finding that 100, that 200 people, um, especially if you're doing something in person. Like in person and online, I mean, I'll let you go ahead and talk about the differences from that. But, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's, you, know, you ne- definitely need to create that community and have that, all those people kind of roll with you. If you had to do it today in this environment, the climate, without knowing anybody, fuck, how terrible would that shit be, though, <laughs> right? Oh, uh, man, it you, would be tough. If you, even if you, you could do it because you know the stuff you know, but without having, like, no one knows you, though. Like, would you even want to try to do it? It's hard because look, we're older and you've, yeah. lived, you've lived through it already a bunch of times. Yeah, I, I, I think I would, but it would, I, I have, I, I think that we're, we were so we were so ignorant. Like when we started, we were just three young guys who were just like everybody's gonna love us, and and we and we did it. But uh, now I'm like I see all the obstacles, and I know you know every single expense ratio, and like what my profit margin needs to be on this, and all these other different things. And those things are all important to me now. Back then, like what did we know? I mean, I, we were trying to build our ba- I literally our uh, we were, Jay and I were talking about this earlier. It's like we were trying to build our account between three dudes to ten to grand. T- ten grand. And we were like hyped when we hit that number. We weren't even close to that. Well, and my I, tracer. Well, and especially, well, you can talk about <laughs> shitty cars too. Yeah. Uh, 
just the fact that like it's your own money like and now it's like it's your money it's like your skin in the game so like we didn't there was no investors there's no people giving Nothing. us money like this is our and we didn't have any money Mm-hmm. So to do it from that, like, and then again, to the point of money, like growing up with nothing, I don't want to get off topic crazy, but there's a scarcity to it. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, you're like, oh, I don't know if we'll have food. I don't know if we can pay rent. And that drives a lot of decisions that I used to make. Now I have money and so do you, mm-hmm. like, but we didn't before. And so you, you, you think of it differently, like expenses versus what are investments? Like, am I investing into my business or do I need this money as a safety net? Like, and everybody has a level of that. Who knows where it starts? But to, to bankroll all your own shit and start your own business, especially in something that's so saturated in fitness, it's really fucking tough to do. Yeah. Because it's not like we're – the ticket prices aren't as high. Like we're not selling homes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're, you're talking about, yeah, there's a certain amount of volume you have to have. And not that what we sell is cheap, but it's different than selling pharmaceuticals, selling insurance, like selling like at, at a financial brokerage. Like your fitness is not this, well, every client's paying ten grand a month. That doesn't happen. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to be in. And so I don't want to, I, I just think that, I mean, going, I, I guess if I was, I'm thinking about like the guys trying to break into it and that sort of thing. If you moved from, you know, Nebraska out here or you moved from, cause we're not from here, wherever. Yeah. We didn't know anybody here. Yeah. So if you move somewhere, I would say like we gave away so much free shit. And I think that that would be the main thing. Obviously the online thing is huge and that gives, I, I do agree. I think that gives a huge leg up, but I also would give stuff away because if you are, you can look somebody in the eyes and you can like have that human connection online is, is totally awesome. Totally great. But if you're trying to build an in-person business, like what can you give away? What kind of free lecture? What kind of all these things to get, to give the community like literally give back because if you don't know what the fuck to do like that's what i tell people all the time if you don't know what to do just give stuff away because once you're able to do that and, and i know we're supposed to like stand on you know i'm worth this much and that sort of thing but in the beginning you're not worth anything your time your time is shit <laughs> yeah. and your knowledge is shit because nobody and again i'm not saying like i don't mean it negatively like you guys don't know anything but there's a lot of stuff that i was saying eight years ago and i say the same things today but nobody gave a shit Mm-hmm. eight years ago and so just for the distribution and word of mouth and the referrals and just being like immersed in the community is huge if you want something to actually grow to be more than just like you and some of your family friends yeah, yeah so your mom's reading the, the newsletter you know so if i ask that and, then, and i'll say this too if it's just and this is a more business i guess yeah. and the aspect of it like partnerships like 50 50 partnerships never work yep never long term yeah, I mean, we're sitting here talking as former, you know, kind of partners. And then with Dave being a partner and it's, it's, it's really tough unless you, and I think especially having to think about it over the last 10 years, obviously being partners on doing different things. And it was like, you have to be so different. Like you and I are different in different things, but we do a lot of the same kind of stuff. And you and I actually can, can bounce back and forth and like operations versus like internet stuff. And there's all kinds of different things. But in general, if you're going to do a partnership with one, I want it to be 51-49. Yeah, and two, it, it can't be 50-50, yeah. and it probably can't be your main business. Mm-hmm. It can be like a subsidiary or something that's off of it, but it can't be the main, like where you both, this is your main money. Yeah, and, and find some somebody that's totally different. Like that's the pro. I think that a lot. I mean, we made it work, but it was like we were. Like I said, I think that if we could go back and like look at it, you'd be it's with, with your knowledge now, you'd be like, ooh. You know, that's this is, stupid. This is not probably the smartest thing, yeah. but I think a lot of people are like, Oh, this is my boy. Like, I'm just going to go into it. Like, 
stay boys <laughs> like and 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 find somebody else like find the person who does it's completely different than you who's like the money guy and you're the fitness guy or whatever it is to, to, if you're going to do a partnership or it i just i mean now i would rather just hire somebody and pay, pay them right but hire somebody who's amazing uh at what they do uh rather than you know as far as a percentage stuff well and who wants to be like a number two or like a number three or four person, because those people are super important and they matter. And I would tell someone, like, if you're going to do like the partnership 50-50 shit, one person will always work more. Mm-hmm. One person will always get more credit. One person is always going to eat more shit. And again, it's hard if you're going to try to split the pay when you start to see discrepancies or you feel discrepancies. Yep. And that's why like if you have someone who's like a number two, and there's a lot of people who are that. And I would tell a lot of you out there if you're listening and you're like, well, I want to start my own business. Like... My wife works in corporate America for hotels. She's not starting her own hotel company. She's way better off being like the number, you know, 186 person than being the number one person. And that's not a knock against her. And a lot of people are that. Like you might be better off being the number four guy at Lifetime than trying to do your own shit. Because you'll be happier, you have more free time, and you'll probably make more fucking money. Yes. And a lot of people, it's, it's hard to understand it. And the example I always give is if, if Lifetime came to you today and said, hey, Ben, we're going to give you... $400,000 to work for us, but you got to kill everything you've done. Or you can work in your own business and make 40. I'm guessing you would probably, and 40 is a low number, yeah. but you probably be like, well, fuck it. I'll work for myself because I yeah. at least am in control where a lot of other people will be like, well, I'd rather take the 400. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I'd work here for fucking 14 before but, I take the money. But that's the biggest thing, right? Like it's, it's knowing who the fuck you are. It's knowing... And being introspective and understanding like what is what your values, what's what's most important to you. Like if time, like if you want to wake up at four o'clock in the morning worried about like I got to pay these people, you know I got these because I, I stress all the time because I'm like okay I got to make sure that the guys who work for me because I love the guys that work for me and they're super great and they work with me on all kinds of stuff. Um, and I, but I stress. I mean I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like shit I got to make sure all these guys like that they're, they're still doing good. And it stresses me out whether they think that or not think that that's still the pressure that I put on. They don't, they don't sell for you. Do they, 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 they can sell. Yeah. I mean, as, as they go, but I mean, it, but it's not it, their job. It's not their main job. No, their main job is, you know, to make sure that everything in house is running completely smooth. Um, but I, I mean that, I think that that's a big thing. I, I don't know if it was Gary Vee or somebody that said that about the, what you, that kind of that example that you said. Um, but it's super, super important to kind of understand where you at. And if you, you're like, I would do this for nothing. It's the same thing with the coaching, right? Like, so that was, that was my whole example. Like if it was that important to me, I wouldn't have given it up, but I was like, that's not that important to me. I want to do something else. Um, and, 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 but you know, for working for, working for yourself, I swear to God, everybody wants to have their name on the door, but it's, it's, it's not the dopest thing every single day. No, there's a lot of times. Well, and I question my, and I'm an idiot. I put my actual fucking name <laughs> on the door. I'm a moron, but I did this when I was a young kid who didn't know any better. And I would tell anybody, I say it in like half jokingly because it's got me opportunities that have never would have happened if I didn't mm-hmm. do it that way. But on the same note, it's imprisoned me in a certain way where I can't really just disappear because like, well, where the hell is Jeremy at? And I think some people just think like, well, if you're not at 7 a.m., you're home sleeping, hanging out. And I'm like, that's not what makes this thing run. But that's a whole, it's a whole different discussion. The point is, is for a lot of people, you think it's one thing and sometimes it's ego or you want to do it. But I'd argue with you, it'd be way easier for me if I came to you today and said, you know what? I'm going to do my internet shit, but I'm going to just come hang out and work in your gym mm-hmm. and do just pay me. And then when the toilet breaks or someone's pissed off, I'm like, hey, Ben, fucking deal with it, bro. 
You know what I mean? Like that's way easier when the buck doesn't stop with you. Yep. When there's somebody to pass it on. But like if someone calls in sick and they can't make it, you're showing up. Mm-hmm. You're fixing it. You're taking care of it. And every problem is yours. No matter if it's yours or not, like if your coach sucked, that's your fault. Yep. Because you hired him. And that's a tough place to be for especially young people or anybody in all reality. But that's the kind of the hat you put on when you live in this. Yeah. I mean, and, and you can make it. I mean, I think that, you know, having the coaches that I have now, um, like I've made so many fucking mistakes. I mean, we could sit and talk about for five hours on just the mistakes that we've made or that I've made. Um but, you know, you can empower guys and give them great opportunities and and, and, uh, and have them work with you on something. But it, it definitely, like you said, the buck does stop with you and, and understanding and taking ownership for that. If you blame other people um, for anything in life, really, I mean, that could be a whole nother topic. But if you blame other people or say it's other people's fault because you're not successful or your guy screwed up. Like if my guys, somebody screws up at the gym, it's my fault because I didn't prepare them correctly or I didn't give them the right tools. Or you just, or you just hired them. Yeah. And it's like, maybe you showed them all the right stuff and they just got lazy one day. Exactly. But that reflects on you Mm -hmm. no matter what. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I, I, I don't think I, somebody the other day was like, could you ever go back to working for somebody after 11 years, 12 years? And I'm like, I don't think I could. I really don't think I could, but I can, I, I would agree with you. And I would say probably, I don't know what percentage you would say. I'd probably say though that 80 or 90% of people should work for somebody else, but you know, find the right situation where somebody gives you the autonomy and different and the, the opportunities to kind of do things like the two guys that work for me. Like I give them tons of autonomy. Now I don't, I have a guy that's in charge of programming. I thought I would never give that up. And now I have guys that are brilliant, you know, been college, um, college strength and conditioning coaches. And all these guys are, are really, really smart. And I was able to, you know, give them that thing. But for a long time, that was super hard because it came back to my shit. Um, well, yeah. Cause if the program sucks, right. It's on you. Even <laughs> right? if you didn't create it, you know, what's the, then that's the thing. Like a lot it was two or three weeks ago, there was, uh, I had three people come to me that are members and they're like, Oh, I didn't like this movement and this and that and whatever. And I didn't be like, well, fuck this guy set this up. I was like, no, no, no. Let me take a look at it. And we look through everything and go over it. And, and dude, you know how it is. Like we program stuff in and we have scientific reasons why people do it. Not everybody's going to love everything you're going to do <laughs> in anything in life. It's like, like picking music in the gym, bro. Right. You're yeah. going to lose no matter what you do. Right. Yeah. Unless you just put Nickelback on every day. Uh, people love Nickelback, <laughs> Britney Spears, you yep. know, the, the, the popular joints. Yep. So if we go into, and we'll just do it fast. Um, Running a gym in 2020, and I, I preface all that stuff before just the fact of. Obviously, I think now we're moving through the fucking shit show yep. that was. Which I'm being completely transparent here, and you guys have heard me talk about this before. I don't like care about a lot of stuff, so I don't stress about most things because I like created this whole world that I live in, and I have control over almost everything. But I couldn't control that. And there was probably mm-hmm. like four or five days where I would go home to Heather and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this bullshit yeah. because I don't need to do this to survive and make it. But I didn't want to lose the culture and the community. And I'm like, but it sucked, dude. There's like four or five days where I'm like, this is the fucking worst. And it's the worst I'd felt as like an adult mm-hmm. in my life. So for you being like, you guys, it's so gym centric yeah. with what you do in the community is everything. How fun was it? <laughs> Being, having our doors closed for over six months was 
was not fun at all. Um, and, and we, we, and then we lost our corporate. So our corporate business is probably 15 to 18% of our revenue. So that went out the door. I just thought of that the other day. I have not, um, I have a speech that I'm going to do. I think it's next month to a group. Um, but I haven't done one since February of 2020. It was at the W for McCarthy uh, construction uh-huh. uh, CEOs. That's the last time I did an event that someone for fitness, that somebody paid me that wasn't, generated in here and i think maybe six months before that you and i were in dallas yeah doing doing a presentation for your stuff yeah Yeah. and that was the last like two times and i've not done anything since then which sucks because it's not this giant percentage of my business but if it's five percent or ten percent like it starts to fucking add up Mm -hmm. when that completely goes away yeah i mean that that was huge and we'll see kind of how that returns but i mean Yes, it was a big thing. And, and I would say the pressure was making sure that I could keep all the guys that were with me. You know, guys, I should say guys. And when I say guys, I mean guys and girls, that the trainers that work with me. Um, to make sure that, we, you know, everybody's getting paid the whole time. Because I was able to keep everybody on. Um, but it was, it, was, it was definitely stressful. I mean, we were able to get creative and do a couple things um, where we were, you know, in parks and yards and stuff that we probably were doing before we had <laughs> real Super, food. super humbling. Yes. I'll put it that way. Yeah, with the little little jankety speaker that we're bringing out there and Fuck, putting on the thing. I did it twice a week. I would meet these guys at uh, Cactus Park until the city tried to kick me out. And we go to this other one, but it would be 5 a.m. on Mondays and Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And it's like 200 fucking degrees. This is August or yeah, whatever yeah. it is. And I'm like, when you think, and you, I don't know how you phrase this. Like when you think you're on the right track of like what you're going to do and you've reached a certain level of like whatever success looks like to you guys. And then you find yourself at 5 a.m. doing just bodyweight workouts in the fucking dark with your shit speaker. It's like we were doing 10 years ago. Yeah. Like you're going back. It's real humbling. It, it brings in There is some good things that came from it. I'm not going to speak for you. I'll let you yeah, talk yeah. about the positive stuff. But I'm like, it is a perspective of you're like, you know what? I must really love this or the people to, to now. And again, obviously, yeah, there's some money that's involved, but it's not enough to make you do shit like that. Mm-hmm. But these guys needed it. And so like I was willing to do it, but it definitely sucked. I think that that's kind of what we, the, the mode that we went into was just kind of like, like I was saying before, it, how can we help people out? I mean, I, I think you did this with your gym too, but we were like giving out equipment oh, to, yeah. to all of our different people. Like literally had sign out lists, people coming to the gym, picking freaking rowers up, and assault bikes. dumbbells, assault bikes, yeah. going through, because nobody could get anything. Uh, so we were just like, okay, we can help with that. We can give all our bands out. And we did some like some video stuff and whatever, but the, I mean, we sat down and wrote personal letters or cards to every single person, just telling how we appreciated them and, and things that we, that, you know, that appreciate you being part of the community inspired, just like, cause you know, it's awesome to open up mail. It's not a fucking bill, you know? So it's, and then I remember driving to people's house and you know, in the beginning it was like super scary. So we were like putting bands with a wipe outside their house and then they would walk out after you drove off with the fucking wipes, right? Oh my God. I don't want to, I need to tell this story really fast. Yeah, go. The, so we are spraying, first of all, I just I'm get so pissed when I think about this shit. Um, we sprayed everything. Yeah. For so fucking long. Every day. And. Every class. I start to get these codes on the Concept 2 monitors. And I'm like, what is these codes coming on? And then all of a sudden they started to like look funky. And I'm like messaging Concept 2 and they're like, 
are you spraying them down? I'm like, we are. People are spraying everything. Like, don't spray the monitors, don't idiot. Don't spray the monitors. My rower still now, like the screens are looks like someone punched them. Oh my like god! Like they have like water spots like inside of them, and like every monitor is like four hundred bucks or something. Yep, that's the most important. The most oh expensive my god! Part. So pissed. Oh, it sucked, dude. Oh man, yeah, it was. It was something else. So I, we did. That was the kind of the mentality that we had, though. And you talk about like the positives and stuff. It was like figuring out how to help people. So the same thing as if I was, because it was like starting a new gym, right? I remember you and I talking for two hours on the phone. I was just like, Jay, what the fuck is going on, and how are we going to handle this? And it, it's just like literally figuring out how to help your people, because. I don't know about a lot of people if it's just like money centric. Yes, like we all want to make money and be successful and all that sort of thing. But if you're getting into fitness, like you better give a shit about people. And so it was just like, okay, how are we going to help all these people out? Because, you know, we talk, can we talk about depression and mood and all kinds of stuff that happened with this? It's like, how can we get people to move and feel better um, and, and give them that sort of thing? So it was really important. Yeah, I remember because we got it was closed on like the second time. And mm-hmm. I remember talking to you and you're like, well, I'm at least going to like work with my one-on-one people. Like, fuck it. Even though like you're not so quote unquote supposed to. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm doing that too. Cause I'm not going to, cause these guys need it. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck the money, dude. Like I was going to be fine anyway. Like I was going to make it no matter what. Like, and I don't get me wrong. I'll take the money for doing it. But these guys have no outlet. There's Nothing. no social structure for them. They're eating like shit. They're drinking like shit. They're not active. I'm like, these guys need it more than I think people realize. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was like, well, fuck it. At least we'll do that. And I feel like I'm doing something. And I'll do the rest of the stuff at the park and we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, me, I remember, you know, where, sitting there, you know, either wearing a mask and staying super far away from somebody and, God, and just being one, oh. one person that you're around. Uh, but at the other end of the gym, we're literally like, okay, we're going to do this. Or at somebody's yard. Or, you know, doing something else. I remember just sitting in our car. Like, this is old school. Like, picking our stuff up, taking three sets of dumbbells, a kettlebell, and some bands, and driving to somebody's yard and being, like, almost like a bullhorn. Just kind of yelling at people to be able to stand there at their house. If that doesn't humble you after, like, having your own facility that you put your own money into to mm-hmm. build it up, to buy all the equipment, to all these systems we do. You have all these people you're paying, and now you're dragging shit to a park. Mm-hmm. You, that's why I say, like, you have to love, especially fitness, because... You can put the same amount of time into any other industry, and you'd have three times as much money, if if not more so, probably ten x. And be in all reality, but you this is this comes from like you give a shit about the people because you see the importance of it for sure. And because you can make, you I mean, it's if you want to make more money going to another place or doing it something else. I think you yes, you can make seven figures in fitness. You can do really really well. For sure, but. But the majority of people are one are not going to do it, and two, if if people see through your shit, like if you don't care or you're just like, if you're totally fake, like it it, it it never lasts. I just really don't think it lasts because you're sitting there staring at those people. I mean, especially now, like we talk about personal training or class or whatever, you see these people three hours a week. You can only bullshit somebody for so long. I can only sit in front of you and just like lie to you or or be fake for so long, and people are like, oh, that's who you are, and then they're going to be gone. Well, and because they buy you for sure. Like, Everybody, again, the dude next door to me, like I'm sure he's a nice guy. And if as long as he's responsible, he can teach a squat just like I can. A, a monkey can basically fucking do it if it's done correctly. But they're not buying that. They're buying you, the person, and everything else that comes with it. And that's the, that's why you have to really be 
in it to just to help people and care about the craft of it. Otherwise, people just jump from gym to gym to gym, and you probably never make it. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a whole personality thing, right? So I, we used to talk about this. I would say probably 15 to 20% of coaches are really good. There's a lot of bad coaches, but there's 15 to 20%, which is a lot of coaches out there. And then it's like, who do you mesh with? Who do you want to teach that squat? You know, who's going to, you know, who's going to, like, when you wake up in the morning, you walk in the gym, you're like, that's the guy that either makes me, you know, want to do it, like in, in uh inspires me or somebody who I really want to see. And I'm like hyped to jump up in the morning to have this person help me to reach my goals. Well, that's how we pick most things. Like, would you, and again, I'll work with people who are assholes once in a while, if they're like really, really, really good at what they do, but I don't want my financial advisor to be an asshole. I don't want my dentist to be an asshole. And then they probably have comparable skills and they're good. But I'm like, if they're a cool person, I'd like to hang out with I'm like, that's kind of how I pick the people. Well, if they're the only person, like if somebody is just going to cut me open, it's a surgeon and I'm, you know, drugged out. Okay, cool. But if I'm going to, you know, have constant communication with you, there's just too many good people. Like, so you can go pick who you want. 100%. Yeah. Uh, if we go down the list here. So you had some injuries this <laughs> last year. What? Let's break it down. You had... I'll let you tell the story. So you're a fitness person. You work it all the time. You're showing fitness or coaching fitness. Yep. You're doing this. And for this is for people who have like maybe nagging injuries, little ones, or maybe have had some catastrophic ones like we're going to go over. You had a couple. Yeah. So I, I would say 2020 is going to be the, the year and 2021 a little bit too that I'll sit back and we'll, you and I will sit down on the on our rocking chair and you know, five or 10 years from now, we're going to like be like, you remember this? Um, but yeah, no. So I, I was down in Mexico um, with my girlfriend at the time and I sober, <laughs> I'm sitting upstairs. It's a full moon. I, I come downstairs. She had already gone to bed and uh, I slipped, fell down the stairs, reached back, grabbed the railing, completely ripped my pec off the bone. I don't even have the cool story to be like, bench, I was, I was on the bench. Yeah. Pounds. I was benching 500 pounds and, and it ripped. So completely ripped. Um, do you know right away? A hundred percent. So I, I came down, well, I thought it was maybe I had, uh, dislocated my shoulder and sat there. And then my girlfriend at the time was a trauma surgeon. So she, she walks over and she, she there's, <laughs> there's no bone sticking out. There's nothing. She's like, you're fine. And I look up and I take my arms, I stick them out in front of me. And as I stick them out in front of me, I can see that there's my pec had rolled down oh. and down towards my nipple. So it's literally like, there's just a giant gap sitting there and I'm oh. like, okay, so if I didn't look, dislocate my shoulder, then I definitely tore my pec. So within a couple of months, so two or three aspirin, not even ibuprofen and a shot of tequila, went to bed, woke oh. up the next day and flew back. And then I don't know if you guys know that much about pec, uh, but if the muscle rolls up on you, you have to have surgery right away. So I had surgery on day eight. Otherwise it'll atrophy and you won't be able to reconnect the tendon. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, so I had, and so I'm rushing yeah. around to try to find some. So it was brutal. So I, I was in a cast. I mean, I'm in a sling, and I couldn't carry over five pounds for eight or nine weeks. And then after that, um, I mean, I remember being 13, 14 weeks out, and I could do like a plank, and I'm shaking like, like nothing else. I'm literally in the push-up position. My arms are just completely going. It was really rough. Um, so I got hyped. What was it? Three or four months out when I could do 10 pushups again. I was just like, Oh my God, this is great. So anyways, during that time I tore my pack. I'm still coaching. Um, you PT during that too? For, for physical therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I physical therapy three days a week. 
Um, so I'm spending all my time going, all my free time doing that. And then I'm coaching somebody in my sling, uh, on the grass. And I, uh, I, I slipped on the grass, like when I was in a squat twisted and tore my meniscus. Uh, so I literally just looked at, and I was like, okay, this, this year is going to be, uh, this is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, and I had some personal stuff going on too. So it was, it was definitely, I had to dig inside myself and just be like, all right, dude, like this is uh, going to be interesting. So it's weird. I mean, cause f- like walking around and as I'm getting better now and, and getting back to doing things, um, it's only been, I'm out of a, uh, a walking brace cause I couldn't walk on my leg. Um, put, put it, couldn't put any weight on my leg for probably eight or nine weeks. Cause it was a meniscus repair rather than just like a mastectomy where they just kind of trim you up. Um, I remember just kind of like walking around, just being like, Oh my God, it's something new, but it's been super humbling for me, obviously. Um, but it also puts you back into perspective. I mean, I think sometimes, especially fitness, I, and you said a lot of, there's a lot of fitness people that are younger. They're listening to this. Like it's tough. Like I, I saw somebody the other day, it was like, you're the, you're trying to tell somebody who's 45 years old what to do and you're 22. It's like, yeah, well, you could have ate ramen, drank tequila and stumbled around and, and oh, still yeah. been in halfway decent shape, right? So like it, it's been, it, it definitely puts things in perspective and, and kind of coming back and you have that t- total empathy. Like I was always the fat kid growing up. I struggled with my weight my whole life. So I've always had that empathy for people and been able to kind of relate to them. And, and, and I feel like I'm a good um, nutrition coach because I've been able to, you know, uh, talk to people through that and just kind of understand the psychological part of it. Cause there's a lot deeper than just, you know, calories in all this sort of stuff. There's, there's the mental component, not meaning like, you know, you need to do some kind of special diet, just meaning like there's a lot going on psychologically anyways, but just understanding that, you know, you are where you are and, and it's not, I can't just sit be there like, well, Jeremy and I used to, you know, deadlift 550 on a regular basis. Like that's not me right now. So like <laughs> taking yourself back like 10 pounds, <laughs> I'm at 10 pounds right, right yeah, now. Exactly. So just kind of like understanding like where your body is and, and then kind of how to revamp it and re and rechange it. But it's, and it's not the same at 30, 37, almost 38 as it was at 22. Uh, but it, in, in a positive light, it's, it's taught me a lot. I mean, it's taught me a lot about obviously the body in a much greater depth, but also just kind of like how to overcome adversity. I mean, cause last year sucked. <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was a fucking worst. Yeah. If I say it's the worst and my life is awesome. Yeah. I feel for everybody else. And I couldn't, and I, David Jack has asked me this a million times. He's like, if they took your body away from you, like, would you be okay with it? And I'd like to say that I would be, but I'd probably be lying if I said that. Because it's like, it's everything we do. And I don't just mean like how it looks. I mean how it functions, yeah. how it moves. It's how we go through life. And so to tear a pec and a meniscus, roughly around the same time, pretty shitty. Yeah. I don't know how positive I would be every day. So there had to be days where you wake up and you're just like, this is the fucking worst. Dude, I won't lie. I mean, I sat there, there, there I mean, d- d- grown man, 275 pounds plus sitting there on my couch with like, a, you know, a couple tears running down my cheek. I'm being totally honest. And it was like, fuck, like how, what am I going to do? Or like feeling just a little bit hopeless for a second. But then you just have to like, I mean, you have to uh, take in what's happening. I, and like I said, I go back to stoicism and Marcus Aurelius is like my favorite dude ever. Uh, if you guys haven't read meditations and, or if you want a simpler version, like Ryan holidays, the obstacles the way. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. But just understanding that you can't control what's happening. I couldn't like 
could I have, con- I was sober when I fell down the stairs. Yeah. You know, it was like, you can't control everything that happens to you. I can only control how I react. Right. So it's like, okay, well I could just turtle up here and give up. But you know, it's like, I haven't even lived half my life. So it's, it's like, I have to figure out, you know, start small and start doing things that are going to help me to move forward. Otherwise, like it's sad, but some people do give up. Like that's the thing that makes me absolutely crazy. And I don't know what now almost 40. I remember 10 years ago when we come in the gym and people would just be like, well, I'm 40 and being like my aches and pains. And like, I'm going to give up on my body. I'm just like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, and they're probably not real either. And I don't mean that negatively anybody, but you know how many people come in and say, my low back is shit. And I'm like, well, what happened? Well, nothing. And we have them pigeon stretch and foam roller glutes. And in like two days, they're fine. It's a lot of times they're, they're lack, And they might've had a contact injury too, but 40 now is like 20. Like when we, again, a hundred years ago, you were dead at like 45 from diarrhea. Like that's reality. Like now we live till fucking 90, dude. There's dudes here that are in their fifties, the fittest they've ever been. It's insanity. But I will say that there is when people who do get injured and they're not willing to go through PT, they're not willing to do everything that they need to do to get better. They, they tend not to, and they just kind of punt it. And I'm like, you can't do that, dude. I mean, I guess you can, but then you're stuck there forever. Why, why do you see guys who are in professional sports? come back from these horrible injuries and it's because you know they're a million million dollar investment and there's somebody there babysitting them to make sure that they're going to do all their physical therapy because there's somebody else who's invested all this money and needs to make sure that they come back to be the certain thing the thing is for us is like we have to understand that like this is the only body we get so it's like how do we or how are we going to take time to really like invest in who we are like it's, it's insane if that we don't, you know? And I, I mean, I, cause I've done, I'm not perfect at all. Like I've eaten like shit and gained weight and done all these different things over my life. But it's like, if you, if you just give up on it or you don't push forward and like take care of yourself, like it just gets harder and harder and harder. Well, I tell people all the time, like, it's not like you're going to, you know, you're getting older. So you're getting softer and wrinklier and weaker and less mobile. If you don't do things to, to counteract it, that's just reality. That's for all of us. And it's not, and it's different than people say, well, Jeremy, it's easy for you. You do fitness for a living and I take my clothes off for money. I agree in, in one aspect, but why would I do it at this pace though? Still, am I going to get way fucking stronger, like way faster, have way more endurance? Like that ship has sailed, you know, I'm just trying to like make the best with like what I have moving forward. And in terms of injuries, I've never had anything catastrophic, but it does make you a better coach for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I've had like tennis elbow, like something that's super fucking annoying and stupid. But then I'll research tennis elbow more than any normal human would ever do so I can eradicate it as quickly as possible and, like, try to prevent it from happening in the future. And I'm assuming, like, going through, like, hey, my meniscus is shit, my pec is torn, just how you look at movement patterns or when you think about clients now who aren't, you know, perfect. Because after the age of 25, we all have shit that we carry with us. Yeah. You're probably able to coach them differently or at least look at them differently. 100%. I mean... And you talk about some of those acronyms, acronyms that we were talking about, like PRI, and won't bother people with that, and FRC, and there's all these different things that we do. But our body has natural asymmetries, anyways. So it's like we, it's it's that's the biggest thing that that I try to look at people is like what's going on with you. Um, before that injury happens. Like you can't control everything. My pec was going to tear no matter what. That's like, probably <laughs> micro tears like from for sure for years and years of like when you see Kobe tears his Achilles. Yep. Nothing crazy just does it. But I'm sh- assuming that thing was fraying for God knows how long. Yeah. And you're packed too from how many times have you bench pressed? <laughs> like with a fucking barbell, not even dumbbells, like with a barbell. 
Like stupid shit we would do. On an incline, just insane amount. As much as we could freaking do. And yeah. and you and I both have these giant wingspans. So like, oh, bench press is like, <laughs> so it's not so, the smart thing to do. So stupid. Yeah. It's like, okay, I've got a 6'10 wingspan. Let's go ahead and bench press as much as you can. Or, or I mean, I used to even do some of the, because I went through USAW. And I remember people staring at me at USAW as I'm going through it. Olympian girls staring at me. And she's like, What's, I'm like, fuck, you know, like, what's going on? Are these people like, and I look like a complete jackass? And they're like, no, you're levers, dude. Yeah. Like, you, you got these, you're doing a snatch with a 6'10 wingspan, like, taking this weight from so low to so high, which is cool. You got guys like Lee Boyce and some of these other guys who are studs who are big, but it's, it's rare. rare. I mean, dude. you are giant. Um, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're over, this is my opinion. I'm not saying you, you can't back squat, do whatever you guys want to. We've heard me talk about it before. If you're over six feet, you're not going to be an elite back squatter. It's just, it's not, it's not probably free for you. There's anomalies, sure. Most of those people who are really fucking great, 5'6", 5'7", 5'8", 5'9". Like, just because your femur length alone yep. is so long. Your legs are so, I mean, you can squat, like, perfect in the bucket. Yep. But most dudes here, like, I got a dude here, he's, what is uh, Kayla's husband? He's, like, 6'8", yeah. I think, 6'7". No offense. His squat's like shit. Because he's, he's tight for one, but he's just not built for it. He didn't grow up doing it. It's not what his thing is. And more bad things would happen to him if I had him back squat versus like sandbag squat or goblet squat or any front-loaded squat, maybe with the heels elevated. Like he's fine that way, but he's not meant to do all the movements. And I would never have the guy barbell bench press. But it, it's all risk-reward now, right? So like that that's all we look at right now. Like, like I could still do a single-arm uh, dumbbell clean and press and be totally cool with that. If I want to be ballistic and go through, you know, some sort of overhead, you know, quick movement and which is totally cool. And, and there's nothing like, there's a ton of my friends who own CrossFit gyms and that's really cool. And that's awesome. If that's really what you want to do, or you're an elite, or you're an athlete in Olympic lifting or strongman and or that your, kind of it's your sport. sport. Yeah. But for the general person, it's like, if we're just trying to look good naked, like, what what are you going to do? Because, I mean, you can get super strong at a million different things. I think that sometimes in fitness people get pigeonholed thinking, like, I have to do this movement pattern. I would say that that's the difference between, like, a young coach and an older coach. Is like they just have so many more tools in the toolbox. So you can be like, well, wait a second. Like, I, literally, anybody comes to me and they can't do something, I used to spend so much time trying to teach them. And we will if somebody really wants to learn a movement pattern. But otherwise, I just give them a different movement pattern that will accomplish the same thing in a safer, more effective way. It's, it's like that, that's the, that's why people come to us, right? It's like, so you can set out or for coaches out there, it's like, give them something. Uh, you don't have to like, it's, it's your ego. A lot of times like, oh, I'm going to teach them how to do this movement. Like, fuck you. Right. Like it's about them, not you. You don't have to. And again, there's no, and David Jack talked about this a little bit with me the other day, like the importance of like the list of importance and like how we teach things. Like what's the most important thing you do every day? Well, it's breathing. Mm-hmm. And we don't spend fucking hardly any time on breathing. Yeah. We're going to teach you 19 exercises, but we're not going to tell you how to breathe, which is so fucking stupid. But it, it's hard to sell people on that because it's a different <laughs> level of craziness. Yeah. But there is no exercise you have to do. Like, I, I believe that. Like, people are like, well, Jeremy, you say deadlifting is important. And it is. But there is 50 ways to deadlift. Yeah. And it does not have to include a barbell. And for most of you, it probably shouldn't. Yeah. And that's what I try to drive at when you're like, when I look at stuff now versus being young. Now I'm like, well, if I pick this up or if I move this, is something going to come detached that's supposed to be attached? Yeah. And I would be, there's not one thing I do here where if I did it and then an injury happened, I would have been like, well, I'm glad I tried it. 
I'd be pissed off for so long. Yeah. And because I even have that conversation with myself now when I grab dumbbells. So if I'm like dumbbell bench pressing, I'm like, how heavy do I really have to go to get enough stimulus before something bad would potentially happen? And I don't want to live in fear. No. But I never fucking thought of that before. No. Ever. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> we're like, what's the biggest thing on the rack? Yep. For sure. And we're like changing gyms because we're like this, this, they don't, they only got a hundred here. We got to go past that. And it's, it's ego stuff. And that's why I tell people the same to your point. Like there's, if you want to learn the skill, like if you want to be great at rowing, cool, we can put you in a rower. We can teach you, but also understand you don't ever have to row to be fit, to be healthy, to burn calories, to get your heart rate Mm -hmm. up. It is irrelevant. We can find something else for you. And if you're, if you have a coach or you're married to a methodology, I would, urge you to maybe divorce your mind of it because you don't have to be to be fit yeah and i'm I'm, but you've talked about like evolution for us i would say that that is the biggest evolution i mean from nutrition being like dogmatic about like you have to do this thing or in lifting like being super dogmatic on what it is and now changing to be like what's best for for either us or for the person well and again you'll meet people who do things differently and you'll understand that they got there in a different route and we all did the same stuff like if i use bj gador as example bj grew up lifting like we did did all our stuff i don't think he's touched a barbell in probably like five years Mm. and you're you're going to be hard-pressed to find a person with bigger denser hamstrings than he has and so it's like the point is is we can all get there in a different route and if you can do it in a safer way you can crush the tissue but save the joints yeah which is huge for us a hundred percent uh if we talk about food like your guys is the nutrition philosophy that like you have and then obviously i'm sure your coaches just echo what you say Mm -hmm. like to the clients like what's kind of the broad scope probably some very similar to the kind of stuff that you do i mean there's only one fucking answer (laughs) so there's nothing else he's gonna say i wouldn't have brought his ass on here if he's gonna talk shit right so i mean we just start with like can you eat real food can you drink enough water um and can you eat in reasonable amounts? Like the, those are the things that we're going to start with uh, and then build out from there. I mean, we've gone through several different uh, nutrition certifications and when we, I bring in new coaches and they have a little bit different perspectives on it. Um, but mostly, I mean, like even for me personally right now, right? Like I, I don't, I'm trying to get back into it. I'm at physical therapy. I'm, I'm like super excited. Like you were talking about like 10 pounds, right? Like I put 65 pounds on a barbell and got to parallel the other day and like jumping up and down. And this is, you know, after squatting, you know, 400 plus on my back at six, nine all the way down. So now it's like, for me, I, my personal thing is like, okay, can I figure out what my calorie maintenance should be at? And then maybe dropping a small amount from there. And then hitting enough protein. Those are my two core things. And then I think too many people don't drink enough water. So it's like, can you get enough water? And can you get uh, appropriate amount of protein? And then are you keeping your calories somewhat in check? Um, If you can start with those things, for me anyways, if I can get people to start with that, I think a lot of people are diet hop all the time. I'm like, actually, when people come in, like, what about this? What about this? I'm like, fucking do it. Like, just don't quit for the next six weeks. Because then you can at least eliminate or know that it works. But like, for us personally, it's very like we try to make things much more simple rather than making it super complicated. How much water a day you tell these guys? Well, I mean, most of the time we're you know you're talking 
0.6 times your body weight. But I mean, most people I just say, as long as they're drinking over a hundred ounces a day, um, pretty typical on, on what we're going to do. I mean, I'm giant, so I try to drink at least a gallon, but a lot of people, there's no reason why they can't have a gallon in a day, especially if you're working out or depending on where you're at, if you're in Florida and you're sweating your ass off like your sister or, oh, yeah. or here, <laughs> yeah. Or if you're here and it's super hot, uh, and you're working out, like that's going to make a big thing. And your body doesn't know. I mean, you talk about that all the time, like the, the sensation of knowing if you're thirsty or hungry, you know, if you're thirsty already, you're, you're pretty much screwed. So it's like, I should be drinking all day. And I think that it's, that's the problem with like food and like weight loss. And especially me with like doing super extreme diets. I mean, I didn't ever eat a carbohydrate when I was 20, like to lose all this weight. And it's like, it, it, it was so extreme. And now it's like just finding, you know, keeping everything in check and understanding, like eat real food and make sure that you kind of know what you're taking in. A lot of people have no clue. What did they say that you under, you underestimate by like 25, 30% or something like that? Yeah, well, I think in general, I mean, people do this with goals as well. Like they, fitness is probably the, fitness is probably the worst example because you can do so much in a year in fitness and most other things in life, you still suck in a year. Like if I started to play piano today, I'd probably be better in a year, but I'm not Brian fucking McKnight, you know? Like, I'm not on here playing Casey and JoJo on piano. I'm terrible. But fitness, you can be awesome. We underestimate, like, what we can accomplish in a year, but we overestimate what we can accomplish in three months. Mm -hmm. And for food, it's the same way. People, and this is why, like, I wear a step counter just for the steps. Like, it's not an Apple Watch. I'm too cheap to buy one of those. And I don't want people fucking calling my wrist like I'm James Bond. Stupid. Sorry, anybody. But what we do is we track all these things and like, okay, I'm going to track, you know, my heart rate and calories. And there's a time and place for that. I get it. But we overestimate how hard we worked for sure. Yep. And then we underestimate the calories by a decent percentage. Yes. And then we play this kind of net game, which I am not a fan of uh, at all. I'm a real food person, drink water person. Do you guys too? I'm sure you talk macros at some point with people. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's important for people at one point in their life to, especially once you get things locked in, like, like I said, the beginning would be like, if you could track your food and get your calories at one, at one place and then your protein over a certain number and you track those two things to start. I, I do like macros. I just think that sometimes it can be overwhelming for people. For sure. Um, so it's like, you have to sit down across from somebody and be like, where are you at? Or if you're doing an online program or something else, you need to, we give them multiple options, right? So they can sit there and evaluate where they're at and, and how they go. But if you can track, I mean, dude, if I put four ounces uh, or three ounces of chicken in front of you right now and, and set it there and, and you would be able to be like approximately know how much it is because you weighed your food out before and you know exactly what it is. So I think that one point in somebody's life, if they can take three or four months and just really understand what's going in their body and then understand where the proper macronutrients are going to be for somebody. Um, then they can, you know, you can, you can start to eyeball it a little bit. I think it's good. I, for, for me personally, a lot of times the clients will work with them and then we'll have them track like one or two days a week ongoing. So they can just like, be like, are we on track? Um, but there's other things that we can do. Like personally, I, you know, I, uh, I know you do intermittent fasting and you were just talking about that coming in. Like uh, it closes your window down. So you have less chances to make a mistake. Um, so that, you know, we'll incorporate that for certain people. And obviously with insulin re release and blood sugar and all that kind of stuff. Um, so there's other components that go into it, but you could go down the rabbit hole in so many different things. Um, but until you like can lower your stress move, I mean, neat is so important. You just talked about the step counters, right? Non-activity, um, 
non-exercise activity thermogenesis, right? Like it's just the it, shit it, that you don't think of. Yeah. So moving around, parking your car farther away and getting, you know, 10,000 steps. A lot of times people won't move. And then they think they're like, I busted my ass for 30 minutes of workout for three days a week. I should be losing a shit ton of weight. And I'm like, like, take a walk. Like I, you well, cause know. you're going to burn. And that's the crazy thing. We get married to this and people will ask this all the time and it's nothing wrong with it. Same thing on the internet. Well, how many calories do you think I burned during this workout here? I'm like, well, if you're heavier, you're going to burn more just cause it's more body weight moving through space. I go, but the rest of your day, you're going to burn way more calories than you burned in the time working out here. Even if you came in here for an hour and you're over 200 pounds and you burned a thousand calories, it's a shitload of calories to burn. You got to crush it to do that. But the rest of the day, you're still going to burn more through all the other time mm-hmm. of the day, unless you're a person who just sits on their ass yeah. and does nothing. I think the Mayo Clinic said people walk like 2,000 steps a day. It's, it's fucking unbelievable. Like I would say 10 is a good, is a, I mean, I mean, you guys do what you want, but it's a decent minimum to shoot for. Like just to move the body around because we take that for granted like that doesn't matter i'm like and there's people who just kill it for the workout and then sit on their ass the entire rest of the day i think you're probably better off if you did like if you worked somewhat hard in the workout but then you walked all those other steps long term that's probably a bigger payoff for most of you well and, and, it's, and there's a lot of science that shows that multiple inputs is more important than uh than doing everything at one time anyways. So like if you get up and I think a lot of people are overwhelmed by having to be able to do something at that hour or the hour and a half or two hours, I don't have enough time. That's what we hear all the time. Right? So, but that 10 minute walk in the morning is a thousand steps, you know, at slow because you're doing 20 minute mile, you know, it's, that's not that hard. And then input of, you know, 10 minutes at lunch and then, you know, taking in, you know, it's time in the evening. I mean, if we're freaking watching TV, it's like, you definitely have the opportunity to, to walk around a little bit. I know that for me, I even, I think, I think Mark Bell or somebody right now is doing 20,000 steps a day. I saw him as a brother too. I yeah, think. yeah. Some, some crazy amount of steps, but I mean, and he even say, I heard him say the other day, it's like people are so obsessed with like learning the new exercise or finding the new diet fad or doing all these things. But it's like, if we, and, and you don't need to have, I would say consistency is the most important thing. All these people are looking for this magic pill. And it's like, if we could just move a little bit more and, you know, obviously the strength things, that's what we do, right? I, 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 I don't want to go out of a job, but I mean, really, if people walk their asses and ate better, you know, yes, you, aesthetically, you probably wouldn't look all the way you want to do, but it's going to get you way closer than you think just by doing those things. It's a shit that nobody thinks about. And in, it's not even just, it's in, like you said, consistency, but it compounds every day over time. So those 10,000 steps turn into 70,000 steps, then 140, then 200,000, and on and on and on. And this is where people will say this, you know, diet is this percentage and fitness is this percentage. And my belief is, have you ever met anybody who eats perfect, but never exercises? It doesn't fucking happen. Mm-hmm. Like they go together. Yeah. And if you're moving more, odds are, I think in the long run, you're less likely to eat like an asshole every day. Yeah. You just really are. So if we're on that point of doing things that matter, uh, mobility, tissue work, uh, how much, how often for people, what do you guys kind of prescribe? So, so in our workouts, our workouts are about 50 minutes and we spend, we spend the first 10 minutes doing a mobility set. So we do, um, some components from, you know, posture restoration Institute, which I won't bore you guys with the kind of stuff to do, but we, we work on a lot of times you'll see, you know, activating your adductors and, you know, different things that are going to be like that sort of thing. And then functional range conditioning, which is joint mobility. So we'll in, we'll go into those things with the people that we work personally. I try to work on 
when I warm up my stuff, it's going to be 10 to 15 minutes. It's not a ton of time. Um, but you know, definitely mixing that stuff in right now in physical therapy, I'm, it's great because now I have somebody that gets to train me all the time. So I get to go through all the movement patterns that somebody else wants me to do. It's kind of nice to be coach, man. I don't know when's the last time you had somebody uh, that with that shit. Fuck, I've got a guy who's in PT right now, and he goes there. For, I think he's there. He had his shoulder labrum and yeah. rotator cuff. I think he's there for like an hour. Yeah, uh, and he they'll do take it's to just watch it though. Like he'll film some of it and watch it. It's just nice to learn the stuff for sure. Um, no, if I was like super fucking rich, uh, I would go to like movement restoration every day. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, you guys can just come here. <laughs> and just stretch me because it, you're it's it's taking you through planes of motion that i'll do but i won't live there long enough for sure and i know that like if you, you know we've been there like if trish puts a fucking ham like an elbow in your hamstring, hamstring yeah and it's like bend your leg I'm yeah like, do an I, art i can't bend yeah, it. yeah i won't do that on my own mm-hmm. so it is helpful for sure yeah i know i mean anytime that you can get somebody to work with you on that stuff but there's a lot of other stuff that we can do and and we We'll definitely spend, especially with our clients, we, it depends on the person. Like we have some people that come in to see us and we'll be, we'll spend the whole time with them on mobility. It's like, so that's the, the kind of the stuff that we have them are one of my main guys that works for me, Devin. Um, I mean, some of the best mobility stuff I've ever seen, um, working through people for long periods of time. So it all just kind of depends on who the person is. And then for us personally, though, if we're not spending a few minutes on it as much as possible, I mean, if you're not in like, you know, a shin box or a 90, 90 or moving around in that sort of capacity, like it's just tough to move. And especially I remember, um, I, I, I think coming in and doing stuff, you know, cause we've lifted together for four years. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wasn't, I could squat always. Okay. But I remember getting to St. Cloud and I was like, Oh man, I can, I can squat. And the, and the guy coming up to me and taking all the weight and pulling me back to the bar. Cause I had like a total forward tilt, which is totally fine. You can have a forward tilt, but I wasn't getting anywhere. I wasn't getting low at all. I couldn't move. My ankle mobility was complete crap. Like it was just, everything was bad. Uh, and so starting over again and moving. So I, I had spent so much time, you know, working on that stuff or just sitting in a freaking squat. I remember, uh, Najaris talking oh, about, God, he, and he would be, sit into squats for, you know, like ret- 10, 10, 15 minutes like a day. Re- like return emails yeah. in like a squat position. Yeah. Like per- but he could do splits perfect too. But but he worked on that shit oh, all God. the time. Forever. And, and so I remember somebody, him and then a whole bunch of other people, um, but way before that, just being like, can you sit down and squat? And at 6'9", like I would just sit in a squat with my heels on the ground and, and try to sit that way every single day, five, eight minutes a day. Not in a row, you know, two, three minutes here, two, three minutes there, and just kind of like... That shit adds up. It does. And so if you're somebody listening, like, what do you tell someone if they could block off? I mean, shit, start with five minutes a day? Really, it's five minutes. Like, and then you got to pay somebody to do an assessment of you, right? So go to somebody and be like, what the hell is wrong with you? I mean, I had somebody watch me the other day, and now because of my knee, I'm like, oh, I'm squatting perfect. I was like, hey, Devin, come check my squat out. He's like, you're slightly veering to the right because you're you're getting away from that knee. So if you if you can get somebody, I mean, obviously you can go through, there's certain mobility stuff you can do, seven, eight minutes a day, every day. There's some basic things that everybody probably should be doing, you know, hips, knees, shoulders, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but if you get if you can muster up the money and your fitness is that important to you to go get somebody to do an assessment look at you and then you're going to spend the most time on things that are really screwed up because if you can tackle like like you were saying right like if somebody comes in and has back pain and we're able to you know work on their piriformis or do something that allows that to go away 
that's the, the there's one little linchpin, one little key thing that's going to allow them so much freedom. And if somebody that's a professional at it, they can tell you to do one thing, you can just go ahead and do it by yourself. You don't need to spend every day with them. Yes, I'd love to have, if we had an infinite time, infinite time and infinite money, we'd go to Trish every day or go to Movement Restoration and just have them, people work on us. For sure. But if you can go to somebody and be like, hey, what's going on with me? And then there be, that somebody is super intelligent on it, they're going to be able to tell you, hey, if you do these three movement patterns, I promise you it's going to get a lot better. Well, and to your point, like I would tell you guys to do that because that's exactly what I do do. There's you, Trish and Brenda have been on the podcast before you guys heard them. If you want to go back, listen to the episode. They talk about this like for fucking two and a half hours. When I go there, whether it's them or one of the other people who works there, it doesn't matter to me because I like everyone who's there. I ask the questions. They'll push on something. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Because mm-hmm. I'm like, what? why is that doing that? And like, they might not have the perfect answer, but they'll have an idea and we'll find where the source of the pain is. And I always ask, what can I do when I leave here? And you can do that with your coaches too. Like you're asking the questions and you're extracting the information because they've seen what your problem is probably 50 times before. Exactly. And these things can be like life-changing for a lot of people. Like a lot of these things, these non-contact injuries are probably from soft tissue the joint is probably just where it's pissed off. So if you can fix the tissue around it, it can alleviate a lot of the pressure you guys feel. So your knees are bad. Well, it might not be. Your VMO might be shit. Your quads are shit. There might be 14 other problems. And if you can fix that, it can change the scope of like what you can do, how you play with your kids, if you go hiking, if you ride a bike or whatever it may be. But people have lived with that pain for so long and it's almost just like an ignorance. They just don't even know. Well, you, I mean, you know this. We, we sit there and look at it. Anytime that I see an injury, I never look at that spot. Somebody tells me their knee, I'm like, something's probably with your ankle or your, or your hip. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's always going to be something above or below. Yes, I mean, my pack happened because it was direct contact to my pack. But, like, but then you know, but that's like a contact injury. Yeah. Like, you fucking knew it exactly. in that moment. But if you just woke up the next day and you're like, oh, my fuck. shoulder's kind of sore. Yeah. It's probably not, like, something that's in the shoulder itself. 100%. And Because there's always compensation. I remember my first knee surgery seven years ago, and you and I, reco- we, I uh, rehabbed, and then you and I lifted to come back from that. And the guy that was a meniscus too. Yeah, that was a meniscus, Current. but that was just a mastectomy. It wasn't that big deal. I mean, 12 weeks later we were pulling 500. So yeah, you were deadlifting way too heavy. Yeah. So, way too quick. Yeah. Uh, but the point being is like the doc who I met with, who was, had worked on all the sons and that sort of thing. And he's just like, dude, this is from you being a giant dude playing sports, wearing the stuff down. And, and you also probably are tight through your, your right side and your left side's overcompensating to be able to take that torque. And, you know, meniscus is handling that lateral kind of movement. And, you know, finally that was the weak point that gave out on you. So, you know, a lot of times you're going to see, and, and a lot of times, I mean, once you start doing assessments with people over and over and over again, it's hard to unsee what's going on with somebody's like gait analysis or any of these other kind of things to be able to see like, Hey, that's what's going on with them. Um, and then be able to give them a little tools or whatever. Is that before or after you ran a half marathon? I ran the half marathon after the, uh, knee surgery. What did you weigh when you ran a half marathon? Dude, I got light. I was light. I had some. Uh, <laughs> throw the light. Throw the light number out here for everybody. Uh, two thirty. That is light for you. Seven. Two thirty six. Two thirty seven. Two forty. Two forty. Yeah. That's two forty. That'd be like me wearing a fucking thirty and, pound weight vest. And I mean, the pictures of me. Remember, is like I looked like Skeletor. My my face was sunk in. People were like worried about me, being like, "What the fuck's wrong with you?" Or, you know, I was going through some personal stuff then, but it was like. What's happening with you? Um, yeah, to uh, anything. I mean, shit. I, I'm heavier right now, but it, it, me getting down under under 260 
um, you're I, I'm I'm pretty freaking lean. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. Uh, would you do that again ever? Dude, I don't know. Like running, it, it, I would. N- I will never do that. <laughs> yeah. I will listen to me, everybody. I'll never fucking do that. There's no uh, way. Uh, it, running, running's never been my favorite thing. It's just like I struggled. R- really? With I wonder why. <laughs> I struggle with it. Uh, but it was. It was just a goal that I want to accomplish. It was awesome. It ran a sub in right around a two-hour uh, half marathon for a giant dude. It was. I was happy with it. Um, but. I don't know. There's so many different things. Like I've got obsessed, you know, this with like rowing or, or different sort of cardio components. It's it's way safer too. Way safer. But we we're we are competitive junkies, right? So like yeah. I miss like that's why we look at the freaking boards to see like where's somebody rowing at, what's their times, those things because I I don't hoop anymore in 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 an old man league or do you know any of those kind of things and that I got to find that thing where I can be competitive if it's against me or some dude in you know Toronto. It is uh, it is safer to do, I will say, of all the – like even sprinting, uh, which I love to do these things. I love to play basketball too. Yep. Uh, but every time I get, get off the ground, I'm like, is this a bad decision? Like if I even, like, I'm going to still dunk, I'm like, is this a smart choice right now? Or I remember running these sprints with these uh, their SysFit twins uh, on Instagram. And the one ran track at – and it was our friend. The one ran track at like Missouri and the other one's at Memphis. Okay. And they're fucking fast. But I'm fast too, for an old guy. And so like the first one did like we were doing two hundreds, and Heather's like they're really fast. I'm like whatever. And so the first one I run smoked them both. I'm like yeah fuck yeah dude. And then like the next one coming around I can feel my hamstring just doesn't feel normal and I'm like okay, I can't do this anymore. Like but, it was like but you were smart. But if you if it was ten years before you would have been dumb oh. to just push through it and pull I your hamstring pulled it right out of my ass. I wouldn't even have cared. But now I start to think about it. I'm like you know what. As much as I love this, I can't go 90% anymore. I have to do like 70%. And I, it just has to be me. I can't compete with somebody. Like on a row or a ski, it's a little different. As long as I'm willing to be sick, the risk of injury is so much less. Yeah. That's why I do love those machines. Like even the assault bike, as much as I hate it, the odds of you getting hurt on there are pretty fucking small. Yeah. So it's like we use these tools now to get the same result we used to get from something else. For sure. Which, it's, it's, but it's fine. It, I, I never try to take anything away. Like we have a girl um, who comes to the gym and she loves to run. She runs marathon. She qualified for Boston last year. And she's, you know, she's a stud. And she can also deadlift two and a half to, or a little over two times her body weight. And she's, you know, 112 pounds. But she's one, she's 112 pounds. So there's, she's not 275 pounds bouncing up and down on the, on the pavement. And two, she loves it. Like, if you love it, like, I don't know about you, like, chasing a ball up and down the court, I can do that. Like, I, I liked that. That was fun. But just pounding the pavement and staring off into space, like, I'm thinking way too much. I, it's just, it's not my passion. So, like, people are like, oh, should you never run? And I'm like, well, yes, they're, you know, repetitive injuries and that sort of stuff. But if you really love it and you get a high from that, I'm not going to take that away from somebody. Um, you know, so it's just a matter of people figuring out, like, what's, you know, yes, there's a cost benefit. And then also, what do you really love to do? Yeah, if you dig it, for sure. If you don't feel like it's, like if I go shoot around for an hour and just like get lost in it, it doesn't feel like it's exercise. Yeah. If I run around the building here, like in our Metcons, I'm like, are we serious? Like, I'm like, it's three building laps. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, it seems like it's 300 because I don't love it. Yeah. It's not my thing. I just think about how tired I am and I can't breathe. But then you sit down on the rower and you watch that little number and you're like, well, I like that. that for some reason. Yeah. yeah. And if like, and again, I, I tend to be better at that. I like the things I'm good at. I don't <laughs> like the things I'm like everybody else. I don't like the shit I'm not good at. But yeah. you once did 75 calories in a minute on the assault bike. Yeah, I didn't get up for a while after that. How the fuck? 
How does one do that? <laughs> Our people here always ask me. I'm like, I don't know, bro. He's fucking huge. So you remember, though, like you were coming down uh, to my spot and we were lifting. And you, it always starts the same way. Even though we're in our later 30s, almost 40, we still talk shit. Yeah. We go back and forth and be like, you, I'm like, I can do that. And you're like, you fucking cannot do that. And I remember the first time it was like, can you use 60? And we had a we had a we had a little gentleman's bet and went back and and uh, and then we were supposed to do the uh, a workout afterwards. I sat on the floor and uh, watched Jay as he as he did the rest of the workout and I laid there. Um, but no, seventy seventy five. I remember we came up. I actually came up here with you and there was all these people around. What's the? It was our. We did like a grand opening here. Yeah. And it was. Uh, it's still the house record here, by the way. Um, if anybody wants to come and try to beat it, uh, be my guest. But you don't do it like I do it. No, so, I don't. I just I I go as hard as I can, and just I mean, well, the first well, so do, well, so do I. But <laughs> here I'm going to describe this. So mine was in like the 50s forever, and then one guy got uh, kind of close to me, and so I did it. So I, I set the monitor for a minute. Yep. And then I did. I did set that. I just rip, and I got 66 calories, whatever the fuck it was. Which but, is insane too. But yeah, that's fucking stupid. Don't ever do that. You've got to be an idiot to even get close to these numbers. But you set it to the cows. Yep. So yeah, I, I set it backwards because I wanted, I thought that I could get close to 75. Um, I didn't know if I would completely get there. So, and then just, I don't know why, dude. Like some people like to watch stuff go up and some people like to watch stuff go down. And I just saw it and wanted to go down. So the first eight seconds or so, it like go hard, uh, like 80, 90%. And then just all out. And we've talked about this before, dude. It's it's just a matter of how sick do you want to be. And there's certain people. I call that, it how much do you hate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and most days I hate myself a lot. So I'm pretty good at these. All right. But but some people are just like when they start feeling that sick feeling, they're not willing to go through it. And I'm not like like even right now, for especially right now, I'm not in the best shape that I've ever been in. Not, But I'm just willing to go to this place where it's like I, I'll fall over. And be completely sick. And not only that, though. But like, that shit makes you sick for, like, we, hours. We went to we went to lunch after that. So we were here. Yeah. And I waited around because I'm like, I don't want all these people here. People, A lot of people left. And we still had, like, 25 people here. I did it. I laid on the ground. People were like, oh, my God. Da, da, da. And then I'm sitting on the ground. And, like, the room spun for probably 30, 40 minutes. We went out to we went to the VIG. We went up north in, like, this little cool patio. And everybody's having cocktails. I'm sitting there just staring off into space, like, trying to keeping my water down your central nervous system is like what the fuck is going on uh, and the next the next day wasn't wasn't awesome either it was uh, it was pretty brutal i haven't i've attempted i've done 60 several times uh but i don't know if 75 uh is is going to be on the gamut anytime i i know that some people it, the assault bike i mean it's it, it's the devil's tricycle for sure it's the worst thing you can do in a minute i don't think there's anything worse yeah, I mean, sled on our floor. If <laughs> you're pushing oh, sled yeah. on the rope around the rubber, it's like pushing <laughs> fucking quicksand. But it, I would rather, way rather, do that because it doesn't matter. Like if I can go slow, and like yeah. I can get it, the distance, I can cover the bike. The sled will at least go away after a little bit. Yeah, the bike stays with you. It, it's 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 brutal. I mean, it was just a matter of. I don't know, dude. I don't. I don't know. Also, I'm a big dude. Like, I mean, being as how big I am to be able to hit hit it that hard. You know, if we start going, pushing it out 10, 12 minutes, that's when uh, I come back to reality. Yeah, but you say that, though, but you did, and I've seen people do bigger numbers than this now that, like, this has been going on. Yeah. You did 500 calories on the salt bike in 30 minutes. Yeah, who, you, you've seen, I've some, it's, that was 17 and a half, 17.7 calories per minute for 30 minutes. 
I think I've seen somebody do the thousand. One person. And a lot of people put that cap, I think, at a, at an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and 20 minutes, I think. But I think one buddy, one person did a thousand in the hour. It, it's it's tough. I mean, it, I, well, I couldn't do that. I did 451. And I was fucking, you did 451 and 30. I was sick as fuck. Yeah, because yeah, I think somebody else did it too. And it was like just like right around mine. Because you were like, oh, can you do it? And I'm like, no, bro. Like I was basically pacing like 15 cows a minute. But I would like go up some minutes and then I would and then sprint down. and go. But so sick. Dude. I, re- I remember do, go doing that. And I, w- I was sitting there and there was two guys in the gym. And I said it. And I was like, I'm going to. And I didn't. And they were like, are you going to do it right now? And I'm like. Nah, because <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't want any, any of the pressure because I kept building. So I did five minutes at the pace and then I did 10 minutes at the pace and then 15 and then 20 and then 25. So each week I would come or every, yeah, once a week I'd come back and extend it out. Um, but it was fucking brutal. I mean, we, but I would say, what was it? Three, four, five years ago, we really got into, um, was it, how long ago did you start talking to Carson? Um, or, uh, Shane. Shane and yeah, probably three years ago. Yeah. And that's when things like, and I, and I met Carson who knows Shane as well. Uh, dark horse rowing, uh, on YouTube. If you guys want it, rowing, the best. first yeah. of all, rowing is one of the hardest things to teach. Um, technically for most people, cause it's not natural. You're on a sliding fucking horizontal seat and you think of it as pulling a chain, but it's not, it's pushing. It just doesn't make any sense. And most people row like complete shit just mm-hmm. off the top. Yeah. So, he, I wrote, I was, I wrote a 5k for the first time. And back then that was like super long. And he, and I was like, I just want to be under 20 minutes if I can do that. And like, that was an accomplishment at the time. I have that shit on like a 10 damper. I'm like in a fucking rowboat. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And no offense, fitness people out there, unless you've had a coach in rowing, you don't know what the hell you're doing Mm -hmm. either. And you're terrible at rowing and you can be way better if someone coaches you. And so Shane like walks me through on bird's eye. Like, here's how you can fix it. Here's how you can get better. And that's when I started to get like, Fast for me, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that was yeah, probably three years ago. Yeah, but I think that changed a lot because, I mean, I, I started doing that. And then Garage Athlete, I think, is awesome too. Oh, my God. Um, His stuff is like – you want to feel like bad about yourself. Like that's why I say you can't compare because you can only do like what you can do. And you can let people push you and they can elevate you, but then you just see like there's these – there's just anomalies. Man. But, the, but they also are dedicating all of their time to that – to that the one sport thing. or that one thing. And I think it's great. Um, but when we got lost down that rabbit hole, I remember you and I t- going back and forth on this stuff and everything that we pick up, be like, Hey, check this out and check this out. And this person did this or whatever. Um, but it's cool to like, you need to pick up those skills, especially as coaches, or even if you're just an athlete coming in, like getting better. If you're just like hit it and go on the rower every day and just are terrible at it all the time, that's fine. You're going to burn some calories and that whatever it is, but why not fucking learn the skill? Like at least halfway decent, um, where it doesn't kill you all the time. Like you and I can sit there and row and somebody could sit next to us and row and we can look at our times and we're averaging like a 140, 145 and not look like we're absolutely dying. And then somebody next to us is going 220 like a freaking rabbit. It's like, but that not, that not, that wasn't how it used to be. You know, we used to just like muscle through it and pull as hard as we could. And then once you figure it out, it gets a lot more pleasant. Especially if you're going to coach or teach something like there's a certain level of like proficiency you guys should probably have. And it's just as a, as a fitness enthusiast, it helps to like really learn from people who know what it is. And you can beg, borrow and steal from those who like kind of live in each individual arena. And it makes you guys better and more efficient. That's how a lot of these things come about. Fitness is weird in that way where I don't watch like other industries and be like, Oh, I could do that. But for some reason, people just watch an exercise and feel like they know everything about it from seeing it. And rarely is that the case. 
most of us are not that genetically gifted and talented to be able to deadlift perfectly mm -hmm. without any coaching or row for that matter. Uh, yeah. So if we go, let me go down a couple more of these before I piss my pants. <laughs> um, biggest challenges uh, in the fitness industry that maybe you see overall or what you guys uh, just see with people who come into your space or maybe they're different, maybe they're the same. I'd probably say uh, too much information. You know, like you literally just touched on that. And, and, and I would say that that is probably the problem with the industry, not for coaches and for people. Um, you, there's so like, it's great. The internet is fucking unbelievable. I mean, anybody who complains that they can't learn something like it, it's ridiculous. Cause you can just go get everything for free. MIT, every Harvard open source stuff for like educational stuff. And then fitness industry, there's a ton of stuff that's out there. The problem is, is like right now, Nobody goes super deep into stuff. So you'll get and, and you'll get to know something on the base level or you'll see one exercise that some influencer did on the on, online and you'll come out and you'll do it and you'll be like, you have no clue on what's going on. So for coaches, like find something like we just talked about with Shane or something like that. Spend six months and learn how to fucking row. And like it, it's not that long and you're going to get better at it and you don't have to be like, I'm going to dedicate my whole life and like you said, turn into a garage athlete where you're like, this is the one thing that I do. But you could get one of his courses and work with him for six months and become totally proficient at it and like take a deeper dive into it. I think a lot of times the problem with the industry that I see anyways, is there's so much information out there and people are just like jumping for there's, I mean, dude, there's so many certifications and we, we've, I, I mean, I, you, I think you need to spend massive amounts of money and time on your education. If you're not, you're going to totally fall behind. But on the other hand, like you can't just be jumping around and taking just the bare minimum. So over, I think that, that that's a huge thing right now is people are just overwhelmed and they're trying to just like take everything in. So like slow down, find something that you're into and just kind of learn that pretty well and then move on to the next thing. Well, because the average person doesn't have the capacity to, there is too much. Uh, I mean, Instagram alone or YouTube or whatever you're looking at, or if it's Peloton and like all the digital shit mm -hmm. that people get into. But at the end of the day, like you just have to do something consistently. And it has to be rooted in like, again, I'm, I can't tell the future, but as far as I'm concerned, like as long as I'm on the planet, like you're going to have to probably do some version of a squat and a hip hinge or a deadlift and a horizontal press and a vertical press. And you probably have to pick up some weight and move it around. Yeah. That's the basis of everything. All this other shit is kind of just noise in all reality. And we can make it look as sexy as it, it you know, it needs to be for you guys to buy it, but it just comes down to you doing it probably three times a week, you know, for 52 weeks. And it's the basic movements because until you master those, all this other shit is just, it really doesn't do you that much good. But everything's just a variation off those movements anyways. So like get really fucking good at those basic movements and then you'll be able to build something off that. I think a lot of times people just want so sexy. Fuck dude. If they watched you and I lift from five years ago or you lift from yesterday, like yeah, there's the there's the cool, sexy stuff that you do as well, but the base, like the 80% that you do, is probably the same boring shit over and over and over again. It's why I try to. Well, Instagram is a is a it's a game. It's like a, it's a video highlight reel. You know, I come in, I put these stupid shorts on. That BJ gives me, they're amazing. Um, but I would never wear those like in here. You know, by myself, it's not who I am personally. I would never work out in here with my shirt off. No one who's ever come here has seen me that way. And I share a lot of fun stuff on Instagram that I'll throw into our flows here and our Metcons and different things. But the base of what I do is the foundational basic shit and it's boring. I don't mm -hmm. share it with you guys because who the fuck wants to see me deadlift 
it's been the same for basically 20 years. Yeah. And it's probably always going to be the same. But we, you have to game it a little bit. I get that. But I think we do do people a disservice sometimes because we give them so much um, to get their attention. I get it. But if you don't have the skill, you have to really, you know, dumb it down. And I would tell anybody, take your ego out of it, like everything, and just really lighten the loads. Yeah. Do what you're comfortable with. Yeah. But I mean, if you could spend 80% of your time just doing the boring, basic stuff over and over and over again, and then did 20% of the sparkly, fun, you know, unicorn stuff, that's that's totally cool. Totally cool. But I think a lot of people spend the complete opposite on that. Well, in the program jumping. You, you oh, can't yeah. like, and that's why, like when we do programs, some of the workouts are different, but you'll repeat similar patterns because if you're doing a different workout every single day, you guys are never getting good at anything. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest key And it. Well, it's not as fun, Jeremy. I get that too. But when you watch like Olympic sprinting practices, it's basically running, sprinting, skipping mobility. Yep. It's one fucking drill. They're not doing 19 different things like a football player. Like he's the quarterback. That's what he does. He doesn't play receiver. He doesn't play running back. He's not the DB. He does this one thing. So to think you can do 19 different things every single day and always be different, how would you ever make progress? And that's the frustration too. When you probably just for you guys too, when you try to sell it to somebody, Hey guys, we're going to do these repetitive movements, but it's going to make you better. It might not be as fun up front, but it's what's necessary to make progress. So for you, one positive thing about owning your own show, running your own business for what you go, the best thing. I, I think that being able to have impact, um, I think that when, when you own your own place, you do your own thing, to be able to sit there and be like, you, you know that you move the needle back and forth, whether you are part of a team which, which I am and my guys have a huge impact on it, but knowing that whatever happens, you're able to kind of move the needle back or forth. The other thing too, is, is like that stress that you talked about just being like, it all falls down to you. I thrive on that. I like the fact that at the end of the day, it comes down to me, you know? And so if you, if you really, that, that's a positive for me is just kind of like, this is mine. And I was able to, and also you can sit there and just be like, I created something that's really, really cool. And not everybody can say that. Um, so I feel like that that's, that's a huge thing. And then just having some sort of impact on somebody else's life. And then the worst thing, fuck dude, four 30 in the morning. <laughs> I no. Uh, that's up there. Right? Up, I don't like, I mean, people get confused. They're like, well, you wake up every day before four. I go, yeah, but I'm a fucking serial killer. That's why I do it. But I'm like, personally, dude, I don't like it. Like it'd be way easier to sleep in till 10 yeah, and I, way more fun. I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't know if that's the worst thing. I think that, um, I don't, I don't know, like something that just really grinds on me. I, I think that it, you just have to get okay with the monotony. I think sometimes like, you know, making sure that you're, that you're the, the basic shit is taken care of. I know that when I've messed up, it's when I've messed up on the basic stuff that I should be checking in on those things that I didn't do. And that can be sometimes the worst thing. Cause you just like, just like lifting, like some of the boring shit is sometimes the most important thing, knowing exactly where your numbers are, knowing all the other stuff that's going on. Um, and so that stuff can get a little boring every once in a while, but it's, I, I, I mean, especially having a business background, I really like it, but it can definitely get a little boring sometimes. Well, and, I guess what people think, like, because you own a gym, that's what you do. You manage people, you coach people. There's way more components than that, but, like, that's the baseline. Like, we coach 
jumping jacks for a living. Yep. That's what people think we fucking do. <laughs> so, which is fine. But what you really do versus what it looks like. Like, I like fitness. Like, I, there's coaches, coaches, right? There's people who want to coach 10 hours a day, all day, every day yeah. with people. That's not who I am. Mm-hmm. I like some of it. That's not all I want to do. On the flip side, what most of what I do now, because I was sitting here today asking Monica, I'm like, what do I even do? Like, what do I, like, yes, I program, and yes, I still coach the groups, and I coach humans, and we create all this content, but I'm like, I return emails. Yeah. I return DMs. I'm writing content. Like You put out fires. Yes. Like, I deal with shit all day. So-and-so needs a refund. So-and-so can't open the email. So-and-so forgot their password. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, that's what it becomes when it becomes something that actually makes money. We had we had a couple guys that were out the other last week, and I all I did was coach all week. And I was like, this shit is... It was it was awesome, it, and then went back to doing the other stuff, and I was like, oh. If you, okay. it's like if you didn't have to do all the other shit, I'd happily just show up here and be like, hey guys, here's a workout today. Here's what we're doing. Let's put on the music. Let's have fun. That's cool. But but look at all of our friends who we know personally who are amazing. We'll not even bring up their names, but amazing people that are crushing it even right now who have had gyms in the past who have failed because they didn't that other shit didn't follow through. You can be a great coach and you can fuck the business stuff up. Well, that's the hard part too. It's like if you're a doctor, like you might be a great physician, but if you don't know how to run a business, your practice is going to suck. Yeah. It's the same thing for us. Like you have to find a marriage somewhere in between both of those. For sure. Uh, if you're going to give the last thing I'll ask you, um, if you're going to give advice to, if it's the young coaches out there, the guys who are looking to just start, maybe like they're maybe they're one to two years in the game or they're taking like the first jump. Is there like a piece of advice that maybe, I mean, we were fucking morons Yeah. Um, that someone would have gave to you probably like my advice would be don't do it. Uh, <laughs> Cause I had no, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no money and no resources and I was just, it just, I had nothing to lose. That wasn't yeah. the only thing I had going. So what would you tell somebody who's like, they're looking to start maybe just in the industry or they're, they're going to go on their own chop wood and carry water like find somebody who's really great you don't need to reinvent the wheel like go find somebody that's great like if it's you right like somebody comes in here and they're going to come in it's like spend the next 18 months extracting everything i can from you like if we could go back rather than going to college and we could go sit in cressy's or boyle's gym or tyler english or any of these people right for sure if we could go back and spend 12 months with them and then come back and start our own shit. Like I would much rather have done that than the way that we did it. Right. So you could learn so much more for that. And I think that sometimes people want it so fast and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I'm not telling people like to shut up and put your head down and, and do that. I'm not saying that whatsoever, like build the website, do all that kind of stuff. But if you can align yourself and, and people are like, Oh, I, I'm only going to, I got to make this much money. Like, Fuck that. Like, it's an internship. Go hang out with somebody who is amazing. And maybe go do that two or three times. So, you, you know, go, you know, uh, go down to Anatomy in Miami or go wherever it is yep. and beg, steal. Well, I'll work for free to hang out with you for the next six months. Whatever you need. Take the trash out, whatever. So, if I was recommending, if I had to do it all over again, I would go hang out with one of those guys. Because also, when you need to call somebody and ask them a question, you can pick up the phone and that guy's going to pick up the phone and be like, 
cool dude. I'll help you out as far as like, I'm not talking about money, just like advice, which is worth everything. Like a lot of times you can't get to these people, you DM them or send them messages or whatever, and they're not going to come back to you. But if you went there and put in some, like some sweat equity, or you paid for a program for them, or you've done something else, they're going to definitely want to respond or be able to help you out. So I would say that's the most important thing is go learn that way. And college degrees and stuff are, are awesome. I think that they're great. Strength and conditioning, I've seen all these guys, the masters actually, but if you go spend time in some of these great gyms and learn how they do it, fuck, dude, that's, that's how, I, if I had to do it over again, that's exactly what I would do. When I think it cuts the learning curve down, like by years. Yeah. And even if it's like you learn all the things you want to do, you also learn the things that you don't want to do, more importantly. And like, this is what, this is who I like to work with. This is who I didn't want to work with. I wish that would have existed. Like, if I could hang out with me, not back then because I was an idiot and I'm still stupid, but I've just made all the stupid mistakes at this point. And you can get someone's realistic perspective of like, hey, here's what I want to do. And if it's a money thing too, like here's how much money I want to make. And they'll be honest with you. Like here's yeah. what it looks like. Here's, are you willing to die to build your own shit? Are you willing to die to make this much money? Or whatever the, the goal is for anybody. But if you can, and that's why I say, if you hang out with people who are older than you in your industry who have done it, they can kind of walk you through the shit that you're eventually going to walk through. That's actually gold, actually. Yeah, as, as long as you as long as you're willing to just put it in, and and people know, like if you're just trying to exploit somebody and just come in and take from it. I mean, you get that. I'm sure all the time. It's like people that are trying to use your name, or if they're really coming in and be like, I really want to learn from you. People that are eager. When is one time where you've not when you've said to somebody, I, I've had several people come in and be like, Can I just come watch what you do? And I know other gyms that will be like, Nah, dude, I don't want them to see what I'm doing. I don't give two shits at all. You could come in and watch, steal everything that we have. I don't, I don't care at all. Um, and I would be totally willing to help somebody out that way. And, and I know that you've done that before as well. So it's like, it, as long as you're genuine and want to go like grind it out a little bit, people will definitely have their arms open for you. Well, that's the thing too. Like you should, and most people who are confident in their stuff should be willing to, they would let you do that. And I tell everybody who's ever worked with me, I'm like, I don't give a shit. If you want to open a gym right next door to me, bro, it doesn't matter because I'm fucking crazy. And like, I'm not threatened by it. You can do all the same stuff I do. I go, but it won't be as good because it's my shit. Mm -hmm. And it's the way that I do it. We all have our own style. Yeah. Like we have the similar religion, but it's different for each of us. And we all work a, a different way and we move a different way. And I'm like, that's the one thing. Like, even if you have all the information, you still have to be willing to do the work. And you got to be a little bit crazy, especially to do this. To wake up at four in the morning and like come in at night and do like all this like ridiculous, insane stuff. Like no normal sane human would do this for any amount of time. Like if they didn't truly like love it. And if you if you can find someone who's been in fitness for over ten years, hang out with them and ask them questions. Yes. That would be it easily. A anybody who's been who's had a business open for ten years, like they they have to do something right. Like uh, it's it's. I mean, I have so much respect for somebody who has a small business or has a business and they've been open for that long. They've, they've done a lot right. So if you want to talk shit about them, that's fine. But you should probably learn something first. Oh, God, dude. Even, especially if you're in fitness. If you've been in fitness for over 10 years and you're not completely jaded by the industry <laughs> and like the failure rate and people quitting and all the crazy shit you see on the Internet and you've stuck it out, man. Like even if you suck, like you're way better than, than a lot of people who will ever ever come into the space just because like you've seen it through and you've lived through the cycles. Yeah, for sure. Uh, where can these guys, uh, where can they stalk you at? Uh, you do Spire health club, um, on Instagram and Facebook, uh, or spirehealthclub.com. Um, I'm on Instagram at Ben Novak Um, you can find me there. Uh, if you guys have any questions, like 
definitely send me a message. Happy to help any way I can. Yeah, I'll put um, all of his stuff in the show notes for you guys. You can check it out. Um, I went through about like half this podcast. So I'll bring him back for sure when he's not as busy. Uh, but if any of you guys do have questions, um, you can harass him on the site. If you're locally here and you're in like Scottsdale, Phoenix, Arcadia-ish area, he is around. And if I refer people, this is basically where I refer them. Unless they don't have any money, then I send them somewhere else. Because <laughs> when you get cheap prices you get cheap shit and that's not <laughs> what they do here um so yeah i'll definitely send all the stuff in there i appreciate it brother yeah thanks um, brother. as always um but i'll definitely bring him back and you guys can wrap even more so um again reminder the fasting program is kicking off here in eight days the link is in my instagram bio if you want to hit it up i'll put the link to all the sponsors athletic greens beam kettle and fire and we'll go down the list there you guys can pick up anything you want if you have a question hit us up for a free sample we'll get it to you and I'm about to pee my pants. So uh, until next time, you guys eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.